You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. And before we get started, make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast and like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, joining me for today's live discussion on all things cricket is my good friend and friend of the channels, uh, Gabe, the, the night watchman from Cricket for Americans. Gabe, it's great to have you back. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Excited to be back, talk some cricket with you. As usual, here in uh, the East Coast, it's about, uh, about 30 to 9 right now, 40 to 9. So, you know, the night watchman, we were talking about right before we jumped on that, uh, you know, when we first started watching cricket and got into cricket, we're talking about close to three years ago at this point. Um, you know, people would just put Night Watchmen in the chat. I didn't know what it was, but I just said it, it sounded cool. And our very first test uh, match that we've ever, our very first cricket match that Nick and I ever saw was uh, West Indies versus England. And because of the time difference, it was like 3 a.m. here, man. So I'm up late, you know what I mean, ready to watch it. And, of course, there was a rain delay. Come on, it's England. It was a rain delay. And people were like, now, you know, now you're a true cricket fan. Set so through like a four-hour rain delay or whatever, you know. And, again, for me, it'd be watching it, waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning to, to stream it and watch it. And that's why I gave myself the nickname, the Night Watchman. But uh, uh, I, I'm sure if I was a cricket player, I'd probably be a Night Watchman as well. Just, <laughs> I, I don't got a lot of game with me. Yeah. Um, so for everyone who's joining us on this live stream today, um, if you have any questions on any of the topics that we're discussing on today's live stream, do let us know in the chat. We'll try and answer them to the best of our ability um, because there's a lot of topics to talk about and um, we're going to have a great time and just talk cricket. That's why we're here. So let's have some fun. So um, first of all, Gabe, let's talk about test cricket and the oldest format of the game of course test cricket now i know that the first series that you watched of cricket ever and the first match you watched was a test match between england and the west indies um and you fell in love with test cricket from that moment on what is what is it about test cricket game that made you get drawn to this format that all of us cricket lovers love to watch and still do to this day? You know, I think that for me, what I love about test cricket is that it's almost, well, it's a test of wills, it really. You know, because one of the things I, I don't like about many sports is you're up against the clock, okay? And especially if it's like a one-day match, not a one-day match, but a yeah, just a one-day match or a four or five-hour match, you're up against the clock. But even in boxing, I used to box when I was younger. I can't tell you how many times I'm in there and I've coasted through four or five rounds and I'm just looking up at the clock. Like, you know, one of the greatest of all time, and I hate saying that because, you know, he's not my favorite person in the world, but Floyd Mayweather Jr., you'd see him in boxing matches, pop, pop, popping people, and he'd tie him up, look up at the clock, how many minutes do I got to go? You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're not, you're just, you know, uh, uh, abiding your time, so to speak. You know what I mean? And test cricket's different. It, 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 it's a war of attrition. You, it really is. And so you really got to go out there and earn that victory. And, you know, I never understood 
the excitement of a, a of a draw, you know what I mean? Until I saw one. And, and I was just, I mean, to this day, one of my favorite matches, you know, again, it happened in the Ashes. We're talking about Australia and England. And it was the only match that Australia couldn't win. And you've got them throwing the gauntlet out there. I mean, Smudge is bowling. They threw Smudge out there to bowl. It was something yeah. about lighting, I guess, because they couldn't bowl the, bowl the fast bowling yeah. to that effect. But you got Jimmy Anderson on one side and, and Stuart Broad on the other, who had been left off earlier in the series. And they're battling, and they did not let England get whitewashed. And even as a fan of Australia, I thought that was just so gutsy. And I think that that's what it is. is it for you to play test, you've just got to have gumption. You know what I mean? Because you're going to go out there and you will be tested. Your soul will be tested. You know, there's an old adage in boxing, right? Everybody can fight until they get hit. You know what I mean? Everybody can fight. You look good in the gym, but it's, once you get hit, it's like, oh, hey, well, everybody, yeah, of course, you look good in the nets. He's a net bowler. He looks good. Or, you know, he looks good, uh, bad in the cages. Until the other guy's throwing at you. Until you've been out there for, you know, four or five days and you're exhausted. And, you know, uh, there was the one... Who was it? I think, was it Don Bradman? No, 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 no. The Australian um, batsman that was absolutely dead, like just running between the wickets, lasted, and then they ended up taking uh, Dean Jones. Out. Dean Jones. Yeah, I remember Nick and I did that. Had to go to the hospital and get hydrated after that. Because yeah. it, it, that's what it is. That's what it is that I love about Tess, that you really have to lay it all out as an athlete. And it's not just, you know, oh, I'm going to play the time game and manipulate stats that way. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a gutsy knock from Dean Jones. And, well, back then it was called Madras, now called Chennai. For that tie test in 1986, there's only been two, and, uh, you know, both of them were pretty special. Obviously, the other one was against your West Indies game in Brisbane in 1960-61, which was a, a memorable match uh, for everyone who remembers uh, that game. Um, yeah, it, it is a great format, and I fell in love with cricket by watching test cricket on the TV as most people in Australia did. You wake up early, you know, and um, you watch a test match. You listen to the famous commentators of Richie Benno, Bill Laurie, Tony Gregg and Ian Chappell. Sadly, not the case anymore in Australia. But for me as a, in my, someone who's in their 20s, I still like, I still feel like a little kid who gets up early. And I feel like that every summer, you know, watch, watch the test match and, um, you know, we, you know, enjoy what, what is going to be a great test match, hopefully, over the next five days. But um, you say what you like about it, Gay, but what do you dislike about it? There's always lo things that people like and dislike about it. What are the things you don't like about test cricket that really annoy you, um, that you want changed or improved in the, in the format? Oh, my gosh. What a, I mean, and, and it's funny because I got so much respect and love for you, bro. But first and foremost, the umpiring. It seems like it just gets worse. It does. I'm sorry. It does. You see such bad calls. And whether it's, I mean, obviously in T20, you see some atrocious calls. But even Tess, you'll see some bad calls. And, you know, it just drives you crazy. It just drives you crazy. So I think that for me, and I mean, that's with most sports. Now I get it. It's a tough job. It really, really is. But if you got the technology in order to fix it, then fix it. You know, get it right. And that's always the way I've looked at it. So to me, I think that's one of the things that annoys me, you know. Uh, but then again, every form of every format of cricket has that um, has that uh, a challenge. I, I would say the next thing that kind of I don't not that I don't like about cricket, but 
you know, I, I, I don't choose my words carefully. So, I mean, I speak how I speak. It is what it is. Good luck. <laughs> it's a boys club, all right? And yeah. you've got the gatekeepers where you've got Australia, the West Indies, England, and you've got so many other nations that are playing cricket. But, like, for instance, USA just had a pretty big win the other day against Scotland. We were talking about that before we came on. USA is not going to play the big boys, Australia or India or England, because they don't have a test team, right? And they've a lot. There's so many good nations and, and associate nations that don't have a test team, but because of the structure of cricket, those other um, nations don't have the funds. Don't just don't have the money. And I would just say the way it's allocated, where it's just basically revolves around the big three or four. And you know what I mean? Like, like I think it um it hurts the game to a certain extent. Because more people might get into it if uh, more nations were able to afford, if the money was distributed more evenly so that you could get a Oman or a, you know, USA is far away from it. But, you know, get those associate nations in there playing. I mean, why wouldn't they? Of course, they they, they would. uh, People from those places would tune in more if they got their test teams, if, if their nations had test teams. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's just about the, the structures domestically and the money, basically. Right. And, um, you know, it's like Ireland, Afghanistan, who've got test status now. They're not playing enough test matches as it is right. at the moment. Um, it, it's expensive, man. It's expensive. And then... It is. And... Oh, sorry, go, go on. No, 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 no. no. I it's expensive. And then you also have to get those other big... Uh, uh, test you know cricketing nations to want to travel there you know what i mean because i know obviously with afghanistan we know the situation but you know ireland and other places you know does the indian want to travel to ireland you know what i mean can you uh who was it that uh canceled the test match uh, it, uh remember australia had to cancel a test match and South africa South africa oh okay yeah and you know people are livid man you know what i mean because there's just so much money so behind it and to throw one of these series on and i think that if you know test is to survive they've got to introduce and, and continue to open up the world of cricket to other nations so they just got to make it easier for other nations to not just have their test teams but to hold these test matches they've got to maybe they're mandated all right in college football for instance and and uh, this is an American sport, but even if you're a big powerhouse school, you're mandated to have to play certain games in conference and certain games out of conference so that you, you know, may go to a smaller area or a smaller school, but it grows the game. It grows, you know, Australia will bring their fandom to a Oman, to a uh, USA, to one of those smaller nations. So I, I think that honestly, that would probably be the next. Um, I would say the 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 next step I'd like to see Test cricket to take, to take. Sadly, I don't see it happening. But you know, if you ask me what bothers me, the fact that yeah, yeah, you know, just the little guys like us, USA, just mm, are yeah. kind of out of Test. Yeah, and it I is. See my people's in the chat. What's going on there, Jihan? What's going on? The direct hit. What's going on, peoples? Much love. Thanks for joining. Uh, yes, Rip Dean Jones. Rip Dean Jones. Uh, yes. Um... Yeah, Dean Jones. Yeah, um, one of a kind cricketer. Um, 
had a short test career, only played 50-odd tests for Australia. But, uh, yeah, he was a great player. Uh, sadly missed by all. Um, as, as you were saying, Gabe, obviously, as we talk about test cricket here, and if you've got any questions, everyone, we would like to have that in the chat if you can provide some questions if you want me and Gabe to answer your questions. We're more than happy to in this live stream today, this live discussion. Um, there's something that Ravi Strastri said, uh, Gabe, that he wanted to um, take away teams from Test cricket in terms of the competitiveness and not the one-sided nature of it, like, for example, with Australia versus Zimbabwe, it's a one-sided match. And he said probably have six Test teams and take away the others and probably, you know, do that. I, I didn't agree with what he said there um, because you're not really growing or developing test, test cricket in that way because you've got 12 Test playing nations, you've given Afghanistan, Ireland's Test status, why take it away from them because they're not being competitive? The only way they're going to get better is by playing the top-ranked nations. You are going to have some games where you're going to lose badly, but you'll learn a lot from it. So... What are your thoughts on that, Gabe? Should we do that or stay away from, from what he suggested? If we did that, would we have a powerhouse India today? I mean, go back and put that that same you know mentality to India, who's one of the dominant nations today. Was that was not always the case, right? I I remember uh, watching the film '83 with Nick, and you know, there's the one scene where Kapil Dev goes. And and I know that was ODI different standard, but still he goes in and he's he's like, "What are you here? We're here, we're here to win the World Cup." He's like you're here to win the World Cup? Like they looked at him like shocked, like yeah, because it was just one of those things that was just unheard of. Or you know, even go back further. I know somebody in the comment later was talking about how abysmal my West Indies attack was. <laughs> you're absolutely right, West Indies. But go back uh, 20 years and say that. You know what I mean? Go back to the Four Horsemen. You know what I mean? Like it goes through cycles. It goes through cycles and. You have a you have a situation where right now you've got a few dominant teams or whatever, but everything goes in cycles. And the only way other nations will get better is to your point, playing up to competition. If you don't get to play up to competition, then you never have to push yourself. I mean, I would say it's the same thing where you know even in domestic sports here, for instance, in, in uh, uh, America, Golden State Warriors were a, a, a joke. I'm not sure if you follow the NBA. Golden State Warriors turned into a dynasty. They won like four championships in five years. So just because teams are bad now doesn't mean they're always going to be bad. I mean, if they're always going to be and it was bad. Are they bad now? You know what I mean? Like, just saying. So you've got to give those, those nations an opportunity to grow. And to your point, the only way they're going to get better is by playing, you know, better competition. If you kind of keep them in a bubble. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with that comment. It's like there's the boys club and you know, the, the 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 top nations and then everybody else. And it's like, you guys don't matter. That don't make any sense. You know what I mean? That you're, yeah. you're really hurting your viewership and you're hurting potential revenue streams by doing that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Obviously, you mentioned that boys club, the big three, um, Australia, India, England. Um, and, they, and they're probably not doing as much as they should um, in world cricket at the moment, like helping out and that. It's a big problem. What do you think of the World Test Championship, Gabe? Um, it was brought in to add context and relevance to Test cricket, and it's been great, I think. What do you reckon? It's has it done um, Test cricket a a good thing to to have it? 
it's like everything else, right? It fixes one problem, but creates another. So one of the things I love about test is that, again, it's a true test of wills, so to speak. You know, God, Nick would love it because I'm not, no pun intended, but there it goes. But think about it. In tests, for the most part, even if it's a short series, you're going to play two tests, right? We got, of course, Australia going to be playing my West Indies later on. But for the most part, you know, he's got a, a, a three tests and the test world championship was just one test match. So, you know, it's kind of like while it was still tests and, you know, you play it over, you know, three, four days, five days, whatever, you know, anybody can win one test match. You know, things could break your way. Weather could break your way, you know. Again, win the series. Win the series. That's a different animal. And yeah. I think that in order to really give it the authenticity of test, it's got to be at least three matches. It does. And I know it's going to take time to play. So what? So fit it in the schedule. So what? Fit it in the schedule. But having it just a – it's basically a ODI, right? A one-day test match, basically. And I get it that it's, you know, you're going to play over a few days, but – it shouldn't be just one test match. It should be a test series because that's what you put the weight on. We don't just play one test match unless everything else was played that way. But we don't, right? Yeah. We play series. So, I mean, that's my opinion. With that being said, I think that it gives teams something to pay, play for. It makes these meaningless, quote-unquote, mundane matches that sometimes you're like, oh, really? We got to go over there? It makes it matter. You know, it'll make an Australia say, okay, yeah, I better not cancel that tour to whoever play there yeah, yeah, because yeah. you need those points. So it makes every series matter. And I think it's going to ensure that the majority of test matches do get played and that teams just don't end up canceling because, yeah, you know, what's the penalty? doesn't fit into the schedule. Maybe they got some injured players, whatever the case may be. Yeah, abs absolutely. And um, the only thing I will, I will say with it is that it doesn't have all 12 teams. It only has nine. And you don't play everyone in one cycle home and away so you do miss out on playing other teams it's got a lot of um teething problems here but it's doing great stuff for test uh test cricket and it's adding those um context and relevance which is needed and uh, teams have something to play for and with the final yes it, it would be nice if it was like a playoff sort of situation like sort of like in the nba or something like that they do playoffs like final series or whatever Right. Uh, yeah, but they, they've decided the ICC, it's a one-off test, neutral venue, whoever performs well over the five days. In the case of the last final, which we have six because it rained in Southampton. <laughs> Not surprising right, right, right. in England, always rains. Um, it even bucketed down against England and South Africa in this test match right. <laughs> that just concluded recently. Right. But, um, yeah, it's something that the ICC may need to look at in future cycles. We've got some questions here for you, Gabe. Um, the direct hit has said, um, hi, Gabe, can this South Africa attack be lethal like it was with Stain, Morkel, and Philander? It's a pretty good attack. We have Nokia, Janssen, Rabada. Um, Rabada. Ooh, Rabada. Kagiso Rabada. Now, you know what's funny? Kagiso Rabada, you know, Nick and I first discovered, not discovered it, we didn't discover it. Actually, we did. We're his agents, but... Nick and I first started watching him in the IPL, right? And, dude, this guy was throwing gas. He was just nasty. And I, I dare to say he is a better test uh, a bowler than he is a T20 uh, a bowler. You know what I mean? And, you know, Robata won the, uh, the purple cap in the IPL. 
because I mean he's a scout taker, man. This guy is absolutely nasty. But I think Tess gives him the opportunity to take advantage of what I think is his one of his strengths, and it's how durable the guy is, how big he is. He's not gonna get worn out, man. He's not gonna get worn out. I remember, and you can see it with a lot of guys, right? Uh, Joffrey Archer. One of the reasons why people knew Archer was not going to be a test bowler is because give him the first, you know, 10, 15 overs, he's going to be throwing darts, lights out. He can't give you 20 overs in it. He just can't. You know what I mean? He mm, starts going yeah. down and he gets pumped for runs later on. You know what I mean? He just doesn't have that stamina. You know what I mean? You know, he, and he, you can tell his build is a lot slighter. Robata, he's thick. He's muscular. He's, you know what I mean? He He's built to go the the, the deep into those deep, uh, overs and you know give you 30 40 overs over that test match and he's impressive he's an impressive boy man and i do i like robata um marco jansen uh you know marco jansen is funny because we also found, uh watched him first in the ipl t20 and we knew him from, from there and i was like this guy sucks but there's a difference again between t20 and and, and hmm. the limited formats and tests you know case in point Stuart Broad got pumped for six sixes, you know, against Ubron Singh in the in the <laughs> IPL. I mean, Stuart Broad is a legend. Stuart Broad is gonna, you know, go down and isn't he the second wicket uh, leading wicket taker of all time for England? I'm pretty sure it's yes. Jimmy Anderson yeah. and Stuart Broad. So it, it, it's a different animal. I'm impressed. And the last thing I got to say about that, and I'm gonna ask your question. Uh, I'm gonna ask you. You know, people were excited about basketball, right? And <laughs> Listen, it looked good for a minute. It looked mm. good for a minute. They beat uh, who? They beat. They beat New Zealand. They New beat, Zealand, uh, India. In that one India. Then that one-off test match, they beat India. I mean, it was looking good until South Africa. Woo! They got cooked. They got cooked. They didn't even need a second inning. They didn't even need a second inning. And again, everybody's gonna say, "Well, you know, three twenty-six." Uh, uh, look at the score. That's not a big score. I've seen South. I saw a test match. I cannot. I'll never forget. It was South Africa versus. Was it ah? Uh, was it wasn't New Zealand? It was South Africa versus Sri Lanka. Maybe I can't remember who it was. But anyways, first innings, right? They put up 400, 400 runs. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna get smacked. South Africa comes back, puts up 600, a thousand runs in the first, you know, uh, innings of this test match. You're like, holy crap. So really 300 is not a lot. 300 is not a lot. So to me, while people are going to talk about the score and South Africa scoring, I'm going to talk about South Africa's bowling. Holy cow. Roboto with a five wicket hole. We talked about it. Even Luing and Giddy, who loves getting pumped, you know, was out there and was decent, was decent, you know. He even had a maiden over, no wickets, but he didn't get pumped. Economy rate. Jet Marco Jansen with two wickets. Norkia. I mean, the bowling was absolutely vicious. And if you're England, you're thinking, hey, 328's not bad. I mean, you know what I mean? It's not like we went out and gave up four or five hundred runs. Mm. But to get bowled out both times for under 200, what was it? The first time it was 165. The second time it was 149. Bowled out each time. Come on, that's that just can't happen. That just can't happen. And I think that it speaks a lot for the bowling of South Africa. And once again, you know, it talks about some of the 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 
glaring issues in um with England, and that's the batting. And that's the batting. And that even goes back to the ashes. Wasn't it uh Jimmy Anderson who called out? Was it it was still broad, I think. Still broad at the time. Yeah. Still broad called out uh Joe Root at the time when they were, you know, getting smacked at the ashes. And he was like, you know, the bowling's not the problem. We're doing our job. You know, guys, guys get cooked. Yeah. And it's true. Like, we're doing our part. The bowling's doing their part to, to hold South Africa to 328, whatever. That's not, but you can't go out there and both innings get bowled out for under 200. That's just, that that's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. Um, I think they've already crossed the line, I think, with baseball now. Ben Stokes talked about uh, we haven't really touched the line yet. I think they did. Now, South Africa bowled well. The ball swung a bit. It seemed a bit. They're a lot quicker than England bowlers. And England, you know, when you get bowled out for, what was it, 100 or so in the first innings, you're behind already. And South Africa had a big yeah, first innings lead of 161 or right. something like that. Um, so you're always behind. And that's why they lost by an innings and 12 runs England because you can't come back from that. And South Africa always had the ascendancy. So I think Brendan McCullum said it's not time for panic yet, he said, after the game. Uh, he said, we don't need to overreact. But um, Dean Elgar had some fighting words before the series. He said, this baseball thing is ridiculous or whatever. <laughs> and then Ben Stokes said, you mind your own business. And there are some oh. few words exchanged between the two captains before the series. I love it. I love it. I love but, it. Um, yeah, it is. The question is, is it going to be sustainable, that is? Can you keep doing it outside of England, like in the subcontinent on a turning track? Probably not. Yeah. You have to balance it with game awareness and bat responsibly. Right. You know, the ball's doing a bit, so balance it with defence, then attack, and then put them under pressure. England just, you know, Ben Stokes, you know, he's ever since they adopted this method, he hasn't really been batting well. He's just gone out there just batting recklessly. You know, he's much better than that, you know. So yes, yes. he'll need to have a look. And while it benefits some players... Because I would say there's some players that just, they've got it. That's, a, again, uh, case in point, you know, Rashid Pant, right, from India. The guy cannot play conservatively. That's just not what he does. He gets himself out when he tries to play conservatively. Let him go out there and take his crazy shots and reverse sweeps and helicopter shots. He's going to do what he can do, okay? But, and even a guy like Johnny Bairstow, I think he thrives more under a more relaxed, uh, uh, um, atmosphere. He's not worrying about defending. He's looking to play his shots. He, you know, uh, but other than that, for the most part, you've got to defend. You've got to play conservatively. Take your shots when they're there in tests specifically, and you can't just have guys throwing away their wickets willy nilly. You know what I mean? And that's just, I, I don't. You're right. I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's sustainable. I mean, there should be a a uh, 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 countdown clock or a prediction clock. How long until McCullen gets the axe? You know what I mean. I doubt that it's gonna happen. I mean, you know, it's, it's come on. He's, well, just he's there for four years, so uh, he's not going anywhere. Uh, and how long was Silverware there for? Uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, that he still had some time left on that contract before they axed him. So probably, uh, I think he was around in 2019, and he yeah, got sacked up to the ashes. So well, just, just say it. Just say it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it will be a matter of time before they can, um, you know, keep it up. But the honeymoon period doesn't last forever whenever there's a new coach, isn't there, Gabe? Whenever teams have a new coach, they have that honeymoon period and they think, oh, everything's good. You know, we're winning. The English 
media were up and about. They're saying, oh, you know, we're, we're back again. And then all of a sudden back down to earth. It didn't, think, it didn't last long. Think about JL, man. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I was shocked JL. And I've never been the biggest fan of JL. You know that. Okay. And this goes back to me being a fan of the series, the excellent docu-series, The Test on um, Amazon Prime. If you haven't watched it, go ahead and watch it. It's amazing. And they bring in JL. And JL, to me, is one of those old school coaches that, honestly, I couldn't play for, right? His hard nose, his nose on, you know, just the way he is. But he took Australia from some of the darkest times to respectability to winning a T20 World Cup to, you know what I mean? Like, like, and then he took that. Yeah, and the Ashes series where you whitewash. Come on, let's be honest. There was, yes, there was that unbelievable stand by England and Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad at the end. But it was a whitewash, right? It was 4-0 with one tie in there. It could have been 5-0 easily. So, and then he gets sacked after that. I'm like, what's the enemy? So, you just don't know. You just don't know. So, yes, I'm sure Baz has, uh, you know, Let's be honest. McCullum's probably got two years to try to put his imprint on this team, but two years goes by rather quickly. Mm. And if you see more ugly losses like this, and this is, by the way, what people were predicting. They said, listen, basketball is going to lead to a lot of ugly, ugly one-inning losses where England's going out and getting, you know, beaten by an innings and 20, 30 runs because you cannot play that aggressive, you know, uh, mentality. And, you know, somebody, I remember, I was watching, I, I locked in, and somebody was talking about this is normally where you're down and you're chasing, like you said, 160, right? Ugly already. You're not just thinking about, oh, let's go out. You might be thinking about the draw. You might be thinking about let's play slowly to try to avoid the follow-on, to try to get to, yeah. you know. And there was none of that. There was absolutely none of that. And you you – with this, you're not going to see too many uh, um, draws. For sure, you're not going to see too many draws. And I think that's where it's going to hurt England the most because that'll hurt in the point standings. Yeah. So, um, we, we've got a question wrong. here from the Sports Breakdown. Hi, Power, and hope you're well. Um, I've been on the Sports Breakdown many times before, so go check out Power, and he does tremendous work there. Um on Sri Lankan cricket, but also cricket in general. He says, hi, Jack and Gabe. Hope you're doing good. We're doing well, pal. Hope you're well. Uh, can Jimmy Anderson get at least 750 wickets before he retires with the way he's going? I'll um, open it up to Ooh. you, Gabe, before I respond to that. He's 40 years Ooh. old. He's just turned 40. Jimmy Anderson's a goat, man. Jimmy Anderson's a goat. And I think the thing about Jimmy is that he keeps himself fit, first and foremost, and because he relies more on the swing and the scene of the ball as opposed to just, you know, sheer pace, he can still take wickets effectively. He's a smart bowler. Um, even though I don't like the rest policy, the fact that England does rest him will also help, you know, uh, uh, um, extend this tail end of his career. 750 wickets, a lot of wickets, man. There's a lot of wickets. He's what at seven? Last he's time I checked, seven, like seven, uh, 30, uh, he's at six forty, I think. Wickets, or no, nearly no. six. No, I think he's past six fifty. I think it is it. I got it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had eleven hundred combined. So when they, mm. so Jimmy has six hundred. 
Broad had 500 going in the last yeah. year. So he's at like 650. That's what, an- close to another 100 wickets? He had to play at least he played nearly 173 tests and nearly 180 tests. He'd have to play at least another two years. Could he do it? Yeah. I mean, there's athletes that have played well into their 40s. Right now we've got them. Tom Brady, bro, is about to start at 45 years old in the NFL. That's unheard of. There's only been like, Jeez. I don't think there's been, I think he's the oldest quarterback to ever start. I know he's the oldest quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl but because he won it two years ago at like 42 or 43. Yeah, forty five years old. Are you kidding me, man? That's that's oh, that's insane. But um, to answer your question, I hope he does it. It'd be it'd be great for the books. It'd be good for the history books. Um, from an Australian point of view, I hope he doesn't because you know, late you know, Shane Warne's obviously uh, record seven hundred and eight. Uh, what a great career he was, Warney. Um, but if he does do it, then he deserves it because you know he's. 20s the new 40 isn't it <laughs> right that's what they say i mean uh warren is warren number two all time i think he is number yeah. two all time right it's Merlin with 800 and then warney with uh 708 yeah morali's got <laughs> morali's got eight to 800 wickets holy cow morali's got 800 and he had to deal with that i know that you and nick reacted to the that video yeah he could have more yeah. right 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 yeah, but uh you know i had to deal with that with his career as well but um yeah, he can do it, Jimmy Anderson. I think he can. You know, he said age is just a number. That's what he said in the interview that I watched him do. He said, right. it's just a number. You know, I'm still enjoying it. You know, the environment in the dressing rooms calm, relaxing with Stokes and McCullum as captain. Me and Stuart right. Broad can – he'll probably say no one will probably do it outside of me. We'll go on and right. play until they're 40. Maybe Stuart Broad, he said. But I think right. after that, probably not because of the – a changing landscape of cricket. So, um, I mean, here, here's the thing too. Athletes are expected to play a lot more. We've got more cricket right now than ever. And the thing that helps Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad is that they stick primarily to tests, right? They're not playing on all these domestic leagues. They're not playing T20. They're not, most of the big bowlers these days that are out there, take your pick. We talked about Rabada earlier. We talked about Marco Jansen. We talked about uh, Norkia. All those guys play in the IPL. All those guys play T20 cricket in other domestic leagues. That's a lot of bullets out of their arms, so to speak. You know what I mean? And you've only have so many before stuff starts breaking down, the shoulder, the elbow. So I think that, yeah, you're not going to see a lot of these young guys go up into their 40s because they play too much cricket. And there's too many formats for them to play. Now, we got the 100. I just saw that I think the 100 draft is either coming up uh, pretty soon here. I, something uh, somebody hit me on Twitter about it, but uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, personally, you're right. I think Jimmy Anderson is the last person, and I know you say 42 like it's nothing, Jack. You're still young, all right. <laughs> you you uh you got as Nick and I like to say, you're a young pup. You got Similac on your breath. You know what Similac is? Um, is it like baby formula or something? Baby formula. Yeah, you got Similac on your breath, all right. You're 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 a young pup in your 20s, bro. I go to the gym. I'm 42. I go to the gym, bust it out, and the next day, you know, the wife will be like, hey, man, don't touch don't touch, You know what I mean? I'm hurting. My, my shoulders hurt. My back hurt or whatever. I'm serious. Like, work. I, I, I am in awe when I see these guys out there. And, again, it's tests. Sometimes they're out there for five, six, eight hours. You know, God forbid they're, forbid they're playing in England. You know, there's going to be a rain delay. I mean, it, it could be a long day.
day, and those guys are out there like. And they're bowling twenty plus overs too. And if the pet if the pitch is flat, it's even oh. tough work because he's oh, not doing God. anything. Oh my God. But I think what's helped Jimmy is that he's only played one format. He used to play ODIs and T20s, but he gave that up after 2015 World Cup, still broad, where England performed badly. And I think that's benefited both of them, really. Yeah. Oh, we're just going to play test cricket. And, and then they've done that. Another question from the sports breakout here. Oh, he says, Rabada and Nokia has done a tremendous job in this test match. The pace attack of South Africa right now is very underrated and matches the likes of Verlander and Morka 10 years ago. Yes, we did. We did talk about that earlier. And he even said, even Dal Stain as well. Yes, um, it is a good attack. Um, they're taking a lot of wickets and uh, they did a demolition job on England, that's for sure, in this first test. Um, he also says, sports breakdown, um, what do you think about the basketball, Gabe, and do you think this trend can go for many years? I have seen a huge improvement in their batting, but not sure about their bowling apart from Anderson and Broad. We already touched about that. Uh, touched on that a bit earlier about basketball. Um, we think it's not sustainable. Um, you know, it's going to end some some way, and it probably has in this test match. But, but Gabe, obviously, how do you see England under Stokes and McCullum? Have you noticed a change from the Root and Silverwood leadership uh, of the Ashes, which was absolutely terrible? You know, they're more aggressive. And you want to have an aggressive mentality for sure. That's basketball, right? Go out there. And however, you have to play intelligently. I think that the one thing I do see that under Stokes, there's a lot more cohesiveness because you can even see sometimes uh, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Brock specifically. He, I mean, the guy. He, he's a book, okay? You could re you could read his emotions on his sleeve, and a guy will drop a catch, and he's just flailing his arms, and you know he'll give you the big eyes. I mean, he doesn't care, all right? He he wears his emotions on his sleeve, and you don't really see that. They were getting their brains beaten. They got hammered, but you didn't see like the team falling apart. You didn't see the bickering. You don't hear like we heard, and I'm like, why is this getting out? There's bickering in the locker room. There's dissension in the ranks. Stuart Broad and Joe Root getting into it. You're not hearing any of that right now. So if for any at the at the very least, I think that Stokes has managed to be a better captain from that perspective. You know what I mean? Uh the you this the the team seems more cohesive. And McCullum, for the maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm misreading it, but I think he's garnering a little bit more respect. Because when stuff starts getting out, that means the, the coach has lost the locker room, right? Where guys are going to be, you know, talking to the media. And that stuff should never get out, ever. And the fact that it did under the prior Silverwood and regime, regime, I should say, just tells you that maybe the guys are more comfortable. To your point, you just said that Stuart Broad talked about, that's Stuart Broad, Jimmy Anderson talked about how, how much of a relaxing atmosphere it was, you know. So I think that's what I noticed the, the most, you know that um, they look like they're having a lot more fun. And, I mean, again, yeah, when you, you can only have so much fun when you're getting your brains beaten in. Uh, but I think that if this same result had happened under Joe Root and under Silverwood, it would have been a five-alarm fire, all right? They're all kind of talk would have been coming out about how irresponsible people played and how the captaincy was poor and how they put the bowlers in a bad position. All kinds of stuff would have been coming out. 
here is just, uh, you know, don't don't panic. You know what I mean? I haven't heard anything. There's no panic. The media is talking about it, obviously. Um, fans like you and I are talking about it. How long is basketball going to Right now, they're just like, well, this is our approach. This is what we're going to do. You know, it is what it is. So, I mean, that's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, um, it is. Um, oh, where is it? Um, I was just looking at my notes there. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Um, yeah, so obviously there's another question here from Powell again from Sports Breakdown. Okay. Uh, what do you think about the Future Tours program, uh, Future Tour uh, for Test Cricket in the next four years? Do you think it's fair for nations like Bangladesh, where Test Cricket is dying, uh, to have more test matches than Pakistan, South Africa, and Sri Lanka. Um, we are going to discuss the international schedule a bit later on in this discussion, but we'll touch on it now. Um, it just, um, it, I'm just looking at my notes here. Yes, um, they, 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 they have got 34 test matches, Bangladesh, in this next cycle from 2023 to 2027. Um, Pakistan has got 27, South Africa 28, Sri Lanka 25. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not it's not really equal among the teams that they play different amounts of cricket throughout the formats. I mean, it's not, throughout the whole three not, formats, but also for Test cricket, it's all over the place. England play the most Tests in the next cycle anyway. Right. Um, so it's about trying to find that balance. But we'll touch on that in the um, when we talk about the international schedule because that is a, a thing that needs to be addressed. And is there too much cricket on? I, I think there is personally. But um, your thoughts on that, Gabe, uh, before we talk about one-day cricket? I think that what it does, it, it affects the, um, the standings in a way where because you're playing different – amount of test matches right you'll have this situation where a team may or may not play a test match depending on how it's going to impact the standings um you know we recently saw something similar to that and you know you've got the teams that are gonna play sri lanka let's say multiple times right and play a bangladesh multiple times and is it, you know, let's just be real, though Bangladesh is probably one of the weaker test nations. Those are easy points. Those are easy points, so 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 to speak. So I just think it throws a competitive balance off, you know what I mean? Because if it's 34, they're not playing everybody an equal amount of time. So I just oh. I, I don't understand what the schedule makers were doing there. May, the only yeah. thing I can think of is give them more matches so that more teams can tra- tour there so that, to your point, you know, cricket is dying their sports breakdown in Bangladesh, not dying, but, you know, obviously uh, the viewership is dying. So if we start bringing in more test teams from bigger nations, maybe it'll ignite or reignite the passion and more fans will come out. Yeah, uh, absolutely, because it is it, it is something that needs to be fixed, but we'll touch on that a bit later on, as I said. Um, so uh, before we move on to ODI Cricket, Gabe, um, Who's your favorite player in Test cricket at the moment? Who do you like Ooh. watching? Batsman oh, or bowler? Man. Or that is so tough. Be... It is tough. It is. It is so tough. Um, man, you know, you know what's funny, man? Most guys and Nick and I laugh about it. We were talking about this the other day that 
it seems like every single highlight video we do, every single one we do, it's like West Indies getting yammy, right? And it's like they always perform against my guys. They always perform against the West Indies. And it's like, it must be a West Indies hater that, that puts together these compilation videos. Because in every one of them, the West Indies are getting hammered. And, you know, bro, Kane Williamson just owns the West Indies, doesn't he? He's just, he's a monster. He beats up the West Indies. It drives me insane. I remember calling him garbage because coming off of IPL season where he did nothing. And, oh, God. But he is probably one of my favorites to watch. You know what I mean? Like, Kane Williamson is an absolute dog, man. Um, you know, there's a lot of good batsmen out there uh, that I enjoy watching in tests. Uh, Barbara Azam is another one I enjoy watching, even though he doesn't get a lot of test matches. Um, man, I love watching Sky. Sky's one of my favorite players in general uh, from India. He's, I, if you ever heard the story, he came so late into the game um yeah it's it's guys probably one of my favorite indian players and batsmen to watch uh rashid pant just because he's so reckless and you don't ever know what you're gonna get out of it um but bowlers man i just love watching bowlers take scalps and i love watching patty cummings is one of my favorites um you know it's he's he's an artist with the ball man he's an artist with the ball and it, it's not that he's got the most pace because the most pace is uh mitchell stark right mitchell stark those Gas, absolute gas. Oh, that delivery oh. he bowled to Rory Burns first ball. Rory yeah. Burns, Rory, oh. oh my god, I felt bad because Rory Burns that year had gone down for like six or seven ducks, but that ball was truly unplayable. That was absolute. But Mitchell Stark, again, much like a Joshua Ar Archer, is good in spurts, but he's always hurt. And those guys that just rely on just pure pace and gas can only give you 10, 15, maybe 20 overs, and then they just start wearing down. Where Patty Cummings looks as good in the fourth day of a test match in the second innings bowling and he does it in the first. You know what I mean? I feel like he gets stronger. So he's, he's probably one of my favorites. Boomra. Boomra from India, man. I, it, it's weird because he's got this weird delivery too. Like almost like his arm is too straight. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. you've ever watched it. Like it looks like it's almost like somebody said that he's, his elbow is, uh, what do you call it? Um, I forgot what they mentioned. Like double jointed. That's why it looks that way when he does it. So his delivery looks weird, but Boomer is absolutely nasty. And he's got more of a, almost like an a, a, a Australian mentality when he's bowling, where he's going to throw gas and he's going to beat you up a little bit. And, you know, he's going to throw, throw some rocks at you and hold that. You know what I mean? This is, this is my pitch. So I, I like that aggressiveness out of him. And, and yeah, I mean... It's it's for me. It's the bowlers. I think that's where it starts, and it it's the best part of Test watching them take scalps. Those are some of my favorites. Um, there's some young guys that I really like watching. Um, and USA, all right, USA again. It's not Test. I know we're talking about Test cricket, but we're gonna jump into ODI shortly. Man, USA has his kids. The oh man, he he's an absolute monster. And Stevens is, is a dog. He's a dog. And, did you, you know, the, the West Indies also has some good players. Uh, I think the thing with the West Indies is they don't have enough depth, Is that makes sense. They've got, you know, uh, Azari Joseph, of course, the night watchman. You know, they got a, a couple of good bowlers. But other than that, they don't have enough depth to, to take on the likes of an England or an India. And not only the third or fourth bowlers are getting pumped 
absolutely pumped. So, I mean, that's me. Who's who? Who's your favorite? Let me guess. You're. I know you're an umpire. So that I wouldn't say maybe David Warner. One of your favorite, David Warner. Mm. You you always seem more partial to the batsman. I know you. I you always seem more partial. I to like the batting, but I am a bowler yeah. myself. But I like batting. Yeah, for me, it's the guy behind me in the poster that I grew up Ricky watching. Ricky Ponte. But, but Ricky Ponte's not playing anymore. I'm like, current player right now. Like, well, that, that's all time, team? along with, um, you know, growing up as a kid. Him and Michael Hussey from Australia were two of my favourite test players growing right. up. Currently, uh, it's got to be Steve Smith and Manus Labashane, the batsman. Manus. I love me some Manus. No run. <laughs> oh, he's a character, Manus. Um, Nathan Lyon for the bowling, Josh Hazelwood, because he reminds me of Glenn McGrath so much, that light and length. Um, and Pat Cummins for the bowling. That's my favourites at, at the moment. And the sports breakdown said, batting for me, it's Manus, Babrazam, Test Cricket. For bowling, it's Kahisa Rabada and Nathan Lyon. That's not bad. Um, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, the direct hit says, uh, can KG Rabada, he's around about 440 scalps. So I think that's combined with all three formats. Can okay. he surpass 600? Yes. If, if he can stay fit and healthy, uh, he probably can go past that um, in his international career combined. So we've talked about Test Cricket Go, let's talk about one dayers. And that's been in the talking point, hasn't it, with the news about Ben Stokes retiring. Now, hear me out here, Gabe. I think the reason why we're talking about the future of one-day cricket all of a sudden is because of Ben Stokes' retirement from one-dayers. Now, if he retired from T20 Internationals, which I think he should have, but he went the other way, then we wouldn't have been talking about one-dayers and the future of one-day cricket. We would say, oh, he's retired from T20 Internationals. That's less important. He'll play ODIs and and test matches for England. But for him to retire from ODIs was a bit of a shock. And that's why we're talking about it. So, Gabe, what are your thoughts on, first of all, one-day cricket? What do you like about it? What do you dislike about it? Um, And what do you think about the Stokes situation? Do you think other players will follow his lead in the future? This is all you need to know. ODI is Ben Stokes' best format. He's actually a better ODI player than he is a T20 player. But I think it's a sign of the times, man. I think Ben Stokes understands that, you know, T20, because it's more of a television product and there's the rumors of it, you know, going to the Olympics. And of course, you've got now U.S. with their T20 team and and it's going to you've got the IPL, you've got the BBL, you've got the 100. As far as the revenue stream, it's a lot easier for players to make money uh, when they're not playing tests that way. I, I think it's a sign of the times that, you know, people always say, uh, fear that Tess is going to die. I don't think Tess will die simply because you've got the the history, the tradition there. But I think that what, what, what might suffer is ODI simply because it doesn't have the the allure. It doesn't have the... The, the history behind the it. The history of Tess. It, it does have history a little bit with the World Cups, but I can understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it doesn't have the the what do you call it? It, it just doesn't have the the history, the reputation, the the lore of tests. But at the same time, it takes just as long to just over the course of the day, not necessarily a, a four or five day test match. You know what I mean? So 
it's not a television product. ODI is just not a television product, similar to Tess, right? Because unfortunately, it's too long. You're talking about six, seven, eight hours. And, you know, people ask why you talk about it, television product, at least here in the States. I don't know. Maybe educate me. Maybe it's not like this internationally. But teams make money, more money off TV than they do at the stand. They don't care what they sell tickets for at the stand. They don't care how many people are in attendance. They, there's play, there's stadiums here in American sports where the teams, you know, especially when it's cold and the weather's out bad, is bad out. If the team's not winning, they're steady. They're, they're, they're empty. doesn't matter. They've got those TV contracts. They're making money. It's collectively bargained, right? So even if we're not drawing, you know, collectively, other teams are blocked. And I'm talking about the NFL specifically. Um, other teams are drawing, so we're all making money. And, you know, it's one of the things that's same thing with the NBA. So television ratings uh, dominate sports, at least here in America, so so much. Because that's where the revenue stream is at and the guaranteed revenue stream is at. So they don't want, networks don't want a game to go over three or four. And we've seen it in cricket. Actually, now that I think about it, what was the game Nick and I reacted to? I think it might have been oh, an ODI. The, um, the semifinal, the World Cup, England, South Africa, 92. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they, they cutting it short because they had some programming that. Exactly. It it that revenue uh from commercials, revenue from television, that's really the driving force behind it. So I think that ODI is in trouble. And I think that the more T20 leagues you see where you've got to your point, you mentioned it earlier, there's too much cricket, right? Players are getting hurt. Players are are not able to play for their teams. A lot of times they're fit, they're unfit because they got hurt, you know playing in the IPL or playing in the BBL or playing in, you know, the the CPL or now the 100. And I, I think that you cannot knock players for, for playing in those domestic leagues, but if they're going to be playing in those domestic leagues, then it would only make sense for T20 to continue because that's going to help them, A, sharpen their skills for those domestic leagues, and it's it, it's not as a, uh, an abrupt change in a format, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're not going from, you know, 50 overs in ODIs to now T20 where, you know, they're playing 10 overs. Well, 10, I mean, 20 overs, excuse me. Um, but, I mean, what do you think? Um, I, I like one-day cricket personally because I think in Australia – with what happened with World Series cricket back in the late 70s. People have memories of going to watch those first matches under lights, like the West Indies were in pink, for example, um, and uh, watching that. So it's much loved in Australia because I remember last summer where we didn't have one-day cricket at all. That was the first time in 40 years that an Australian cricket summer did not have a one-day international ever. In, in the last 40 years. And people were outraged. They said, where's the one-day cricket? You know, because New Zealand, who are going to play this summer, okay. uh, their ODI series, was meant to be played last summer because yeah. of what happened the year before that summer when yeah. the last two years happened, you know. Yeah. So because the, the stuff with the borders and that, they couldn't do it. So that's why it got cancelled. But I think in Australia, people still have that connection to one-day cricket and they still love it. Uh, because we've had such a great history as an Australian cricket team in one-day cricket with World Cups, we've won five. Um, yeah. We have that connection. So I, I think there's 
even the next four years, the ICC have scheduled more ODIs going forward. I think there's like, got it in front of me here. It's like 281 in the next four years. Um, So that's a lot. Um, So they think there's still a future for it. Um, The World Cups will keep happening and people will still watch it. But but also with um, timings and that, because I've gone to two one-day internationals and that was at the Adelaide Oval against Australia in India and Australia, South Africa. I didn't go to the first innings of that match. I went to the second yeah. innings, which is the nighttime yeah. period. Because obviously in Adelaide, in the Australian summer, it's hot. It's like 40 degrees. Right. I don't know what that is in Celsius, okay, because you use uh, that over there in America, but it's hot. I can tell you yeah. that's hot. So um, people have that choice of going to the first innings or the second innings. You have that choice. You don't have to watch the whole game. You can watch it on TV, then go to the ground and experience like that because it's, yeah. it's a different experience when you watch cricket at the ground. Uh, the sports breakdown says here, Ursa, your thoughts whether ODI cricket should be reduced to 40 overs instead of 50 overs to make cricket uh, have more quality, according to ex-Indian coach Ravi Strastri and Usman Khawaja as well. Your thoughts on that, Gabe? Do you think they should shorten the amount of overs to from 50 to 40? Because um, it hasn't been 50. Um, it's been varied over the years in one-day cricket. You know... I think that the current format for ODI is the one thing that's really interesting. And you run out of bowling. You really do. You know what I mean? Because you've mm. got to get 50 overs. And a lot of these teams will have 40 overs for sure. But then they got to piecemeal those other 10 overs. You know what I mean? And you've got, you know, part-time spinners in there. And I think that, you know, it's what makes for the excitement that, you know, you're going to have, uh, an all-rounder come in there or even a part-time spinner come in there. You know, you'll see a Joe Root, you know what I mean, go in there to get a few overs because, you know what I mean, traditionally you're going to go with your four front-line bowlers and then if it was, I think it would benefit the teams, but then maybe make the games less co- less competitive or less challenging for the teams, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Oh, 40 overs, no sweat. We got our four bowlers. You know what I mean? Now we can go ahead and, stack our lineup with seven batsmen and we're good to go. You know what I mean? Or, you know, just maybe a mm. part-time all-rounder. But what with with that, you've got guys that you've got to throw in there that you know you're going to need overs from, whether it's a Cam Green, you know what I'm saying, or, or somebody to that effect. So for Australia, you know what I mean? Because you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. And, and Moin Ali for, for, for England, you know, you know you're going to have to get some overs out of him. And especially if it's a guy like Moin Ali, who's so good with the bat, but, you know, can be suspect with the ball and, and tend to get pumped from time to time. Um, yeah, I think that, that man, being an all-rounder is tough business, man. It's, that's why they're so valuable. That's why they're mm-hmm. so valuable. You know, Jason Holder, you know, one of my, fav- my favorite West Indies player, that's what makes him so valuable, you know what I mean? Because he can help you with the bat or the ball and, you know, He's a great player. I think that he's had so much pressure because when we started watching cricket, he was the captain of the he was the captain of the test team. I think he was also the captain of the ODI team. I think it was um yeah, because Pollard was the captain of the te- the T20 squad. And like he's a young kid. Jason Holder's still young, man. And think about this. This was 3 years ago. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's a lot of responsibility to 
you know, put the, I, I think at the time it was like maybe 25 or 26 year old captain of the, you know, West Indies uh, uh, test side. That's a lot of decisions to make. And then you're an all rounder. So a lot of responsibilities put on your shoulders. And I think that taking that responsibility away from him has definitely improved this game. Yeah. Um, an interesting fact about that, they did actually have 40 overs in the first ever ODI, which was back in 1971, actually, in Melbourne, between Australia and, and England. Uh, interesting story with that, because the test match of that Ashes series was washed out. So they replaced it with a one-day exhibition match, which was the first one-day international. And they had 40 overs aside, and Australia won that match. Um, over the years, it's been 60 overs, especially in the early World Cups. <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, now they've kept it to 50. So, yeah, well, it'd be interesting whether it's going to end or not. I'm not sure. Um, and then T20 is going to be the dominant format. Um, I think it still has a place in the game. Um, but we we have to wait and see because we can't predict the future. But um, it is a bit worrying when, you know, the only way – We've sort of the media and that have just reacted to this, really, that he retired Ben Stokes from one day cricket, so it's dying. Um, um, I think, think, think about what you just said, right? There was no ODI cricket in Australia. And to your point, you said New Zealand was supposed to come. Okay, so you're telling me that they, for the entire summer, they only scheduled one ODI series? That's it? Even if New Zealand had came, it should have been concerning that they only scheduled one ODI series. Not maybe they scheduled more. And all of them got canceled, but they all got canceled. Um. Well, who played last summer? Now it was meant to be ODIs against New Zealand uh, because um, usually when it's an Ashes series, you have an ODI series after an Ashes series in Australia. That didn't happen last summer because we had to, you know, get New Zealand back to reschedule that series. Um, obviously, England will come out with some ODIs this summer, but South Africa won't because they pulled out. Because it, we haven't mentioned that because South Africa pulled out of that ODI series against Australia because of that T20 league that's starting in South Africa in January was clashing with the series that was proposed in Australia. Um, and, and they sort of conceded South Africa that we won't qualify for the 50-over World Cup anyway. We'll play in the qualifying tournament. Because you know about the Cricket World Cup Super League game, right, 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 which right. is qualification for the World Cup next year. Right. Right. If you finish in the bottom half from 9 to 13, you have to play in a qualifying tournament in Zimbabwe. Right. Right. So South Africa are already at the bottom. They thought, well, we're not going to get into the top eight. India are already qualified so because they're the host nation. You know? Right. Uh, so they, they've already made it qualify. But South Africa thought, we've got this new T20 league starting in January. We don't want it to clash with the series in Australia. So that's why we're not going to tour. So they've given away 30 points uh, to Australia, basically, uh, because they knew that we'll take our chances in the qualifying tournament. But it's not guaranteed that you're probably going to win because Ireland and uh, these other nations are doing well now. Um, I mean, so they've taken that big risk on their on their shoulders. I think the last thing I'm going to say on that topic is this. You got the, now you got South Africa. I didn't even know South Africa was coming in. I mean, it's been a busy summer for me. Obviously, you know, my kids out in college now in North Dakota, playing football out there, school, whatever. But so let me get this straight. 
You've got regular T20 schedule. You've got the IPL. You've got the CPL. You've got the BBL. You've got the 100. You've got the Sri Lankan um, Premier, uh, League. Premier League, right? SPL. You've got the oh, – Pakistan has their own – Pakistan Super League. League. You've got the Bangladesh yeah, Premier League. And the Desperate League. You've I, I'm running out of fingers. I'm running out of fingers. Now, and listen. Again. Uh, and now, again, are they going to cancel tests or are they going to cancel uh, ODI series? Which is more likely to get canceled because the teams or nations don't have their premier players that they want and maybe they're pushing their own league? Like, again, you know, England is pushing the 100 hard. You know what I mean? It's it's where the money's at, man. It's where the money's at. I am sorry. I know people are losing their money. Better than tests. But I just think that it's definitely going to take a chunk out of uh, one day uh, international because cricket because there's just not enough not enough days on the calendar, bro. There's just not enough days in the calendar. No, there isn't. Uh, that's why when we talk about the international schedule, you know, you'll be amazed at how many matches there are scheduled for all countries. Uh, it's a lot. Um, to finish off on one day cricket before we move on to T20 cricket, uh, the sports breakdown says the the thing is that viewership is decreasing a bit in ODI cricket due to the franchise leagues happening in the start of the South Africa T20 League, UAE T20 League, women's IPL and IPL is extended, yes. Uh, so definitely T20 leagues are taking over international cricket at the moment, which we'll talk about now, Gabe, because that's a perfect segue into T20 cricket. Let's talk about that. Um, what do you like about T20 cricket, Gabe? What, what do you like about it? Short, sharp, quick nature of it? Oh, man. It, it's... While my favorite format is Test, I think that the Super Over, and not, not just the Super Over, the Death in, you cannot, you can miss the whole match. It doesn't matter. Give me the Death. Give me the Death in any 220 match, whether you're talking about the, the, the IPL, the BBL, the 100, and that's some exciting television right there. That's some exciting. You're on the edge of your seat, you know what I mean? Unless it's a blowout match. But for the most part, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen unbelievable. Oh, and unfortunately, it's happened at the expense of my teams many a times, whether it was CSK, you know, getting pumped for 50 runs in the death or, you know, Angidi, oh, Angidi getting pumped by Pollard. Uh, dude, I, I still couldn't believe that, dude. He just It was like he was feeding them at, at us. It's just brutal. And I think that it's, it's a more exciting version of the game. A lot of Americans that do follow cricket follow T20. Obviously, USA. I love T USA T20 cricket. But um, even John Boy was talking about, John Boy's a very big media personality here. He does a lot of baseball, a few other sports or whatever, but he's you know, watching cricket, and, you know, he's actually done a few IPL matches. He said, T20 cricket fixes everything that's bad about baseball. There's no dead time because every play, any, there's no foul balls. Every ball in play matters. You know, every delivery, every ball, bold matters. Because in baseball, there's just pitches that don't matter. They're just, you know, throwaway pitches or whatever. It, does, it, it doesn't really matter. Well, you know, if you bowl a wide, it's going to hurt you. You know what I'm saying? It, or every, no ball. Every, a no ball is going to hurt you. Every single delivery matters, man. And 
I do. I, I, I've grown to really enjoy T20 uh, cricket. You know, some of my favorite matches I've watched at IPL has been crazy. Bro, the World Cup was, even though West Indies got oh, that, <laughs> a bit of a fanboy moment here, Gabe. That semi final oh, that you live streamed with Australia oh. and Pakistan. I thought that was, I was like, calm down. That was Matthew Wade's got it here. He's got it. You know, oh, bro, I thought it was done. I was like, no. And, you know, because I root for Australia as well. And once the West Indies were done, I'm like, come on, Australia, get in there. And I was freaking out. I was, I'm not going to lie. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's compelling television. It's exciting. And mm. I mean, I didn't just need it. That, that's it. That's, that's what I love about it. I don't know what else to say. It's crazy. And yeah. I think that because you get an opportunity to see more nations play an international T20 cricket, right, where you'll have Oman, you'll have these other countries that we hadn't seen until we got to that T20 World Cup and you had the preliminary and qualifying matches. We're like, who? Oman? Who? Uh, uh, Papua New Guinea? Who? Oh, yeah. and wow. Namibia. Discovering new players. N N Namibia. These guys can play. Who's that giant from Namibia? The, the, the tall dude, man. He's a oh, massive. Um, uh, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember. Discover guys, uh, Visa, Visa, right? It was Visa. Oh, David Visa. Visa. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. David Visa, a monster. The guy was. We, we call him Jack Gantor. The guy was huge. Like <laughs> watching him was so much fun. So I think that is also the thing I like about T20 cricket, where you get to see players from different nations that aren't necessarily the big, you know, three or four, or even just your test, your top twelve uh, playing test nations. Yeah. Um. Sports breakdown. He's got a question here. Oh, he says, my favorite format's test as well, but T20 cricket can be thrilling, especially when the matches get close. Plus, there's a chance for many teams to qualify for the T20 World Cup. There are more opportunities. Yes, they are. And, they, and I think the ICC are going to expand the T20 World Cup going forward as well, so there'll be more teams. I think 20-plus teams, I think, in the future. So that's good for the game. Um, another question here from... Dr. Jihan, um, actually, he says, guys, thoughts regarding T20 league contracts, Chris Lynn and David Warner, etc. Is this the end of international cricket? Is cricket only be about T20 from now on? And does T20 internationals have any relevance? Thoughts on that, Gabe? Um, what he means by Chris Lynn and David Warner is that they're probably not going to play in the Big Bash this summer. They're probably going to play in that UAE T20 league that's happening right. at the same time in January. So a bit of right. background on that. So your thoughts on what Jihan had to say. What's up, Jihan? Thanks for the question. Listen, I, I'm telling you guys, I'm not sure if it's the end of international T20 because the fact that these guys will still play, get sharp and be able to play for their home country on the T20 side will help right because there's there there's going to be downtime between the ipl between the bbl between the 100 between uh the sri lankan league and the cpl but i think it does not it, it's not good for odis it's just not good for odis um and again you follow the money man you follow the money some of these contracts given away not just in the ipl but even in the bbl uh not um uh, None of that was it the or was it the was I looking at not the BBL maybe it was a hundred somebody got some ridiculous money to go play I think it was I don't I don't remember if it was a hundred or the BBL I can't remember I was like holy cow really I thought only the IPL was giving away that kind of money 
But I think that it's tempting for players to go for a shorter season and make themselves, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, four or five hundred thousand dollars, something like that. You know, in the IPL, you've got your million dollars, two million dollar contracts that are given out. Patty Cummings make two million dollars in what was four? It's not even a uh, 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 three months. It's like you know, eight nine weeks. Two million dollars? Come on now. You know, and, and with that kind of incentive, I can't see players turning down the opportunity to earn that kind of cash. Yeah, it's it's too tempting, really, when there's money concern. Um, yeah, and especially if Chris, well, Chris Lynn has gone to that UAE T Twenty League that's starting up in January because he right. got released from the Brisbane Heat actually, uh, for this BBL season. And David Warner, he was offered a lot of money from Cricket Australia to um, play in the Big Bash because they don't want – I guess it looks bad, really, at the end of the day, if that happens. You don't want that to to happen, really. Um, right. And Jihan says, uh, for me, significance in international cricket lies in test cricket and ODI cricket, uh, not T20 internationals. Yep. I think most people would agree with that because uh, T20 cricket has a love-hate relationship with many people. They say, oh, it's a waste of time and all this stuff as well. <laughs> um, and also, Powan from the Sports Breakdown says about Trent Bolt. Uh, also, what do you think about Trent Bolt not review, uh, renewing his central contract with New Zealand in order to focus more on his family and future life? Do you think many players will follow Bolt? So basically, Trent Bolt decided to step back from international cricket um, and make himself available to play for New Zealand, but not touring as much, uh, spending more time with his family and probably playing T20 leagues around the world as well. So your thoughts on that, Gabe, because he's, if you've got a central contract, you are available for selection all the time, whereas he's not doing it because he won't be get he They'll prioritise more players that have a central contract than those who don't. So he's putting right. his, um, you know, faith in the selectors if they want to choose him still. So your thoughts on Trent Bolt um, and, and making that decision? I think everyone's different in terms of their priorities. Right. Uh, I don't knock anyone, you know what I mean, for wanting to spend time with your family. And listen, to you, we talked about this. Mental health is serious. Being away from that, you know, the last few years have been, daunting on these players talking about the COVID bubbles and all this and and restrictions and rules and ultimately it helped put things into perspective for a lot of people including players and I'm not going to knock them it, it is it's too much cricket and if he's playing you know ODIs if he's playing T20 if he's playing you know test cricket and then he's also playing in uh, the IPL I believe also played in the BBO as what was it the BBL? No, he hasn't oh, played at the BBO no. yet. Hundred, I think he played in a hundred. I remember seeing his name there. Uh, when it's you know, what I mean, it's just it's a, it's a yeah. lot, man. It's a lot. If you've got a family, wife, kids, you know, what I mean, that's a lot. And yeah, I, I I could see it happening more and more. And that's why I'm saying that almost by de facto, you're gonna see maybe if maybe it'll be the players themselves that phase out ODI because they're gonna make the decision. All right, what's a bigger priority for me to play? Because there's just not enough time, and you're gonna say make more play, see more players make that decision like a Ben Stokes. But you know, maybe I am just misreading the situation. Yeah, um, sports breakdown. Osa says 
what do you think about certain countries blocking cricketers from not going to franchise cricket leagues but not approving uh, NOCs when players aren't even having tours or even if they have a tour? Um, that's basically like a clearance. Just say, okay, you can play in this league, whatever, like they do in IPL as well, Gabe. So what, what do you reckon on that? Do you think cricket boards should have that power and say, right, you're not going to the IPL or you're not going to – because you've got to prioritise international cricket over that or – Pay them. That's all i got to say. Because I'm a West Indies fan, right? And, yeah, I would love my West Indies to focus on tests. I would love my West Indies, Indies to focus on ODI and, you know – but the reality is pay them, pay them. If you're going to pay them what they're going to make over in the hook, that's one thing. But if you're not, then you can't tell these athletes who have a limited shelf life, because let's be real, you know, average athletes careers, 10 years, period. You know what I mean? For the most part, your body holds up for about 10 years. Now, you know, you've got the Stuart Broads of the world and Jimmy Anderson's that'll play, you know, 15, 20 years. Jimmy Anderson's what, 42, no, 40, yeah, 42 for the love of Pete. But you know, on average, and I heard that this was all professional sports, not just not just baseball, football. If you take every single professional sports, the average career is about 10 years. Now, some like the NFL is about three years because it's a violent sport. I'm pretty sure rugby is the same thing. You know what I mean? Those guys don't last a long time. But if you've got a limited shelf life to make money and to, to, to provide for you and your family for a very long time, then you got to take advantage of the opportunities where there are. Yeah. Um, and Sports Breakdown also says, thanks for the question, guys. We, we love answering your questions. Great to see so many people in the chat enjoying our discussion today. He also says, Sports Breakdown, uh, also, what do you think about Virat Kohli's statement this week regarding our mental health and the way he said the people he loved also left him alone at times? He hasn't got a hundred and a thousand days. Um I haven't heard about that article or what he said, um, to be honest, but um, mental health is a serious issue, Gabe, um, as we talked about a little bit before. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? And uh, also he hasn't got 100 as well. It's just ticked over a 1,000 days since he got his last 100. That pressure's building on him. He's got the world of expectations on his shoulders, Virat Kohli. So your thoughts on Virat? A... I'm curious. Is there a thousand, I mean a hundred watch on every player this way? I guarantee you there's other big name players that haven't got a century in a, a thousand days. But it's like, man, Virat Kohli doesn't do it. And I feel bad for him. Now I've never been the biggest Virat Kohli fan, but the amount of hate and stress and scrutiny that that that, that, that this guy is put under, like, you know what I mean? Like, man. And then the whole stripping him of captaincy and then the whole RCB thing, well, you know, uh, if you really want to step down, then you should step down from RCB captaincy because that's, you know, some of the most pressure in the world. And he he kind of buckled to that pressure as well. And I think he's trying to please too many people. He's listening to the noise. You can absolutely tell he is listening to the noise. He's listening to, to, to his critics. He's listening to the media. And that's not good. It's not good for any athlete. I, I, I tell you that right now. you got to be able to – you're like a horse, right? you got to be like a horse at the Kentucky Derby. Just put those blinders on and focus on your your, your race. Focus on your – because if you start – forget about it. Your head's going to be spinning. So I hope he can get out of his head. You know, if he made a mental health statement earlier this week, and I don't know that he did. I didn't read it myself as well. I, I wouldn't put it past the fact that, yeah, you know, think about it. This guy – wasn't there 
after the second match of the India Australia speed series. He played the first match and had to go because he had a newborn. Missed the rest of that series and then was right back, you know, for the next series. You know what I mean? Like, how much time did he get to speak? You know what I mean? Like, yes, mm. that wears on you. Again, the people he loved the most had to be, you know, he was left alone at times. That dude, if that's really what he said, I almost feel those words. You know what I mean? He said that uh, he loved people. Uh, the people he loved also left him alone at times. That's that's just tough, man. That's just tough. And well, he's a human who being. Who was it? Yeah. yeah, he's a human being. I think it was. I forgot who was it that said that the wife was like. I think it was. Um. Uh. It was another Indian player said his wife said like yeah, I, I can't do it. I can't do the bubble. I, I we gotta go. We gotta go. It might have been um. Oh, what's that spinner's name? Ah, oh, it's eluding. Um, Ashwin, is it? No, probably Ashwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Ashwin. I think that mentioned it. And again, yeah, these families. Like, look, you're an athlete. You may be used to the isolation. You may be used to, you know, the restriction. But now, if your families are with you, they're still going through that stuff. And yeah, I, I, I think that the last two years plus has definitely taken a toll on Brock Coley, Man, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, and. Well, he's not playing much cricket as it is at the moment because I think India's in Zimbabwe at the moment. He's not in that series. So he's taking a break, but uh, he needs a break. Just get away from it. Hopefully he comes back rejuvenated and hopefully, um, you know, he's the Virat Kohli of old. But, uh, you yeah. know, when you get towards the back end of your career, things don't quite work out as as you would like, especially as a batsman with your reflexes and that and your mental capacity. Uh, we shall see. Let's talk about USA cricket, Gabe. Um, let's talk about the game in America. You and Nick do tremendous work, and you haven't checked out Nick and Gabe on Cricket for Americans. Please do, because I've been on their channel. I've done some live streams with them. We've had some tremendous fun watching games of cricket, talking cricket like we are today. But um, obviously, Gabe, USA Cricket, you've got minor league cricket, you've got major league cricket, you've got new stadiums being built, you've got the T20 World Cup in 2024. How do you see cricket uh, going in the US in terms of all that stuff and, and also the T20 World Cup? Do you think it will make it popular or do you think people will say, mm, cricket, not sure about it? No, I think it's definitely going to make it popular. I mean, again, I think, and the name internationally, right, isn't going to ring a bell, but the fact that you've got media personalities like John Boy reacting to cricket on YouTube, on his platform, which is huge, and uh, I mean, the guy's, you know, been on you know, the Yes Network. He actually does work for the Yes Network, which is the Yankees um, broadcast network. Um, I think that it, 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 it's definitely going to bring more eyes to the sport. And you got to understand, again, America is a, is a melting pot. There's people from everywhere, all right, everywhere in the world here, including a large, you know, uh, European population. So we do have a lot of Australians. I think I might have mentioned it to you. My son's, uh, my, not, I was going to say minor league, but his uh, youth baseball coach was PJ Bevis, who was an Australian pitcher. He played for the Australian national team and then went on to play for the New York Mets and I think two other organizations. He retired here in the States, but, you know, he's Australian. He has, you know, tons of family here. Um, so, and he's obviously a rugby fan and a cricket fan as well. So, You've got a, a, a huge Indian population here as well that are you know, obviously cricket fans for the most part. Uh, I think that 
the biggest challenge is going to be is it slating it in accordingly. And what I say by that is you don't want to play anywhere near the NFL. Don't touch that schedule. NFL is king. NFL is king. Listen, right now, there it, it's embarrassing, but I heard this the other day. They're playing what's called uh, preseason games. These, same, these games don't matter. It's a preseason game. It's like a warm-up match, for, for lack of a better word. They're out drawing Major League Baseball games that matter, right? That That's just – and Major League Baseball also already runs into – the football schedule. So they can't make it that long. I don't think they will because he's T20, right? Probably do like a a, a three or four month season, maybe, you know what I mean? And you definitely, because of the different dynamics um, out here in the climate, it probably makes sense to do it more during the spring slash summer. So almost going right up against baseball, to be honest with you. There's that window between... January when there nothing happens and it's still cold in some places, but late January, early February when the when the Super Bowl is done and baseball hasn't started because pitchers and catchers don't report till February, so their spring training games don't even start until like well this year they started super late, uh like late March or early April. There's that time that window that if you have your season there, your main primary season. It can be very successful because there's not much to watch. There's not much. There's no NBA at that time. No major league baseball. No football. And if the the if the powers to be is smart, that's when they would um they would fit it in. What's up, Thunder Hayes? Oh yeah, uh, Thunder Hayes says uh, hi, Gabe. Long time no see. Um, yeah, uh, Power from the Sports Breakdown says. Uh, what do you think about USA cricket in terms of qualifying to the ODI World Cup in the future? Do you think USA cricket can qualify within the next few years? Players like Ali Khan and how do you pronounce it? Mohatra. Mohatra. Yeah, impress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your thoughts on that, go? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that we've got some really good players. We've got some experienced players, right? And I think the biggest challenge for usa cricket is going to be consistency because they'll look great one match and then the next match you know they'll kind of almost like basketball they'll they'll be too aggressive you know they'll throw away uh their wickets they'll throw away the um they'll throw away the match right they don't play uh as disciplined and i think that usa has some really talented players. I talked about Steven earlier. You know, Steven Taylor, man, look him up if you haven't. He's a he's a dog, all right? The captain, uh, friend of the channel, Aaron Jones, he's an absolute dog, or vice captain, actually. Um, the captain is uh, Monarch. And they, they've got really good players. I just think it's being able to put it together, play more consistency. And people think, and I get it, they're like, oh, you're getting ahead of yourself. It's Ireland win. It's Scotland win. Oman had some big wins. Oman surprised a lot of people. I'm not saying that USA is going to go out and beat India, all right? I'm not saying that. But they're going to get, in my opinion, they're going to get further in the tournament than a lot of people think they are. I mean, they, they went through a stretch too, man, where they had won like eight, nine matches in a row, uh, including, you know, beating uh, Canada. Argentina, uh, was, uh, 
uh, Papua New Guinea, Namibia. So, I mean, they're already dominant, I should say, with the associate nations. Like, you know, I want to see what they can do against the big boy talent. Yeah. I'm excited. That, I'm, I'm that excited. next level up. That next level up, exactly. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I am. Um, he also asked the sports breakdown, Gabe, uh, how significant is it for USA cricket to actually get a chance to host the 2024 T20 World Cup, plus getting to automatically qualify for the 2024 T20 World Cup as they're the hosts? What sort of a boost will it give them in the tournament? It'll, it, it, you know what it'll do? It's going to get a lot of seats, a lot of fans in those seats. Because, okay, yeah, we're playing, now we go. Because you're going to get your regular cricket fans that are going to come and watch the games any which way, right? But USA's in there. Oh, yeah. This in and of itself, they're going to have uh, a huge fan base that are going to travel to those games that USA is playing. And then inevitably when USA, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But, you know, when they don't make it further, now, oh, they've already discovered another team and they're already down in the vicinity. Let's go catch another game. So I think it'll help the, term, the tournament, you know, in whole. And I know that that's probably uh, – uh, what do you call it, like a selfish opinion of it, but I just think it will. And so that's why I like when the host nation gets the automatic bid in, you know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it, dude. And I already told the wife, I got to go guess where our vacation is going to be that year. He's like, that's so cool. There, there's nice beaches out there in Florida. I'm good. <laughs> of course, Fort Lauderdale. Um, I think they're playing at some other venues as well, are they? Uh, yeah, there's a... I think they're playing at like two or three different venues. But uh yeah, Fort Lauderdale is not too far from um some really, really cool uh spots in. I, I lived in Florida for a while. I live in Opalaka Hialeah, which is in um Miami. So yeah, I got some friends out there. Um yes, this is the sports breakdown. Your favorite player in the USA cricket team, Gabe, and which player has a good chance to get an IPL contract in the future? Any future cricketers from the USA to watch out for? Uh, Ali Khan has actually already played in the, in the uh, IPL. He got um, a contract from, I think it was the, oh, it was um, the, the TKR. Uh, TKR got him. The, um, oh, no, KKR, sorry, Coquetta Knight Riders. And who has a chance? If you've seen his bat, his bat is legit. I already talked about him. Steven Taylor. Steven Taylor's an absolute dog. Um, you know, the law firm who now plays for the West Indies, you know, Hayden Jr., um, he used to play for Team USA, now he's with the West Indies, but he also played uh, in IPL. I, I think he played in IPL, Hayden Walsh Jr. But, um, yeah, look up, check out a guy named uh, Steven Taylor, uh, Mahatra. Mahatra is a, is an absolute dog as well. The vice captain, Aaron Jones, they've got some good players. But if I had to just pick one guy, uh, it'd probably be Steven Taylor. I mean, the guy almost had a century in that last match that I watched. Who was that against? I can't remember. Uh, maybe probably Guinea. I can't remember. But uh, he can play. He can. He has a serious bat. He's a young dude, too. A lot of fun to watch. Very athletic. He can field. Um, one of my favorite players. And, of course, you know, friend of the channel, the vice captain. Aaron Jones, he's such a cool dude. He bowls, so he can take wickets. He's a, he, he's more as a batsman, all-rounder, but he can help you in different forms. Yeah, um, so plenty to look out for for USA Cricket. Gabe, let's talk about your 
number one team apart from the USA and Australia, and that's the West Indies. <laughs> so let's talk about West Indian cricket. And um, the last couple of series have been very poor. They lost the ODI series against India 3-0. They lost the uh, T20 series 4-1. And they lost the T20 series to New Zealand 2-1. And they were leading the ODI series against New Zealand, but I think it's right. at one all now because New now Zealand... Now it's at 1-0. Now it's at one all, And that's a frustrating thing, right? Because, okay, they they looked decent. And it should have been that India series. I watched like three of those matches. And the one where, uh, India, obviously, India won by seven uh, wickets. But go back and I think it was the St. Kitts one. Look at that score. It was much closer than that, okay? Now, India, of course, 68 runs. That was a, a shellac. And the 88 one was a shellac. And by that time, they were dejected. But they had a chance to win. Uh, two out of the first three matches in the 220 series and they just couldn't they couldn't do it i mean i, I don't know if it's leadership listen pollard retiring really hurt the t20 t uh, aside and i don't know man it's it's it, it's a frustrating thing um to your point you know they started off well in that odi series and then they ended up losing the second one pretty handedly as well uh, what I think they lost like 50 runs or something to that effect. So, you know, I, I never want to badmouth players, okay? But I think two things are evident from England recently and England's recent woes in T20 and the West Indies. Captaincy matters. And to me, I think Nicholas Perron is struggling with his captaincy, not just. Hey, uh, making the right decisions, but just his play. His play is suffering as well. Nicholas Brown, such a fun player to watch in the IPL, so much potential, but you can see the stress on his face. I just doesn't look good, and it's the same thing, man. For one of my favorite players on the England side, Josh Butler, same thing, man. Josh Butler had like four or five ducks in a row, mm. you know, to start off his, you know, cap the t uh, his career as a T twenty captain. So. I just think that's it, man. And again, going back to the Pollard retiring really hurt the T20 side. I just don't think that Nicholas Perron is. I don't want to say he's captaincy. It's not he's that he's not, he's too. Maybe he's just too young. He doesn't command the respect of the troops. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. Maybe you see something different. And for the West Indies, it's more the same. We can hit right. Brandon King will go out there and rake. Will absolutely rake. You got guys that can. And then we cannot take wickets to save our life. We cannot bowl. We're just getting pumped. And that's the problem. You know, you've got uh, uh, guys that, or a team that relies so heavily, he heavily, I should say, on scoring runs and putting up runs. And they can do that, but they struggle taking wickets. And that's why I always say bowling is probably the most important facet of cricket. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Uh, bowlers win your matches at the end of the day. Batsmen score your runs. Uh, Powen from the Sports Breakdown says, guys, your thoughts on the West Indies board having conflicts with their players, especially Russell and Pollard, have been complaining about the West Indies board not giving much respect and having contract money issues. That's been an issue of the West Indies for quite a while now. It's not a new thing. Um, and I read the other day or saw the other day that Phil Simmons, the coach, and uh, – Desmond Haynes, the selector, they said we can't beg players to play for the West Indies like a Russell or a Sunil Narin. 
So they've always had these problems for years. Your thoughts on that, Gabe? Um, Because it is a, it's a, it's a very frustrating issue that they they can't seem to agree on anything. I'm gonna sum it up like this. I remember watching an interview with uh, uh, Dwayne Bravo, and was it Dwayne Bravo? I think it was Dwayne Bravo, Kamar Roach. It was a very prominent West Indies player, and he was so excited to get the call and to get his cap, and they gave it to him in a trash bag. Literally in a trash bag. Oh, Nick and I reacted to it. I want to say it was uh, uh, Dwayne Bravo. If it wasn't Dwayne Bravo, then it was Kamar Roach. But it was like, and he was like, just shocked in himself. Like it was mm. such a unceremonial thing. You know what I mean? Like the least ceremonial way to give somebody their kit in a trash bag. Like no fanfare about it or whatever. And it just, you need a regime change. You need a regime change. Because that's exactly what it is, all right? The wrong people are getting paid. The money's going to the wrong, it's being funneled to the wrong people. And that's what happens when you got too many cooks in the kitchen. That's uh, that's part of the issue with the West Indies as well, because you've got, you know, uh, so many diff the, the different islands that need to be represented and different people from the from there that have, you know, their say. And, I, I, again, the money's not going to the right places. And I, I think that's about the nicest way I could put it. So I'll stop myself there. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just a, a big problem that they've had. Um, he also says, Powan, um, also, guys, your thoughts on West Indies Test cricket? It's sad to see West Indies only having a few first-class domestic games as well. It seems that West Indies cricket has gone backwards since the nineteen eighties and nineties. Uh, yes, uh, that's that's probably an understatement. Uh, it, it has been poor, and uh, I had a look at the stats between Australia and the West Indies, because Australia are playing the West Indies this summer. Right. The West Indies haven't won a test match against Australia since 2003, and that was that famous run chase of 418 in Antigua. And they haven't won a test ever since. It's, it's always been Australia. So they have been declining, especially after 1995, um, when Australia won against the West Indies in the Caribbean in that famous series where Steve Waugh stood up to Curly Ambrose. <laughs> Yeah. In that famous altercation that he had with him. Uh, but that Ambrose was the changing of boy. the guard. Sorry? Right. Ambrose was a big boy. It was like six. Yeah, he is. You know, he wasn't happy that day. Yeah. Um, in an interview, he said, I was going to knock Steve War out. I nearly did. <laughs> you know, he would have knocked him out. Yeah, uh, but boy. he was res he was restrained. Um, it was the changing of the guard. So it is disappointing to see the decline of the West Indies because most people will say the West Indies are my second or third favourite team, you know, growing up like back in those heydays or whatever. So, Gabe, how do you see the test side at the moment? Um, you know, they've put in some good performances at times. They've won some games, but they've been poor and consistent. They go to Australia this summer. It's probably going to be 2-0 maybe. Not going to be a tough – it's going to be a tough tour of Australia. But how do you see the side – uh, at the moment as a test unit. You know, you think something in the water? You think there's something in the water? We're just not producing good athletes anymore? No. Here's the thing, and I had this conversation. I think that the thing is the West Indies, because of the lack of support at home, because of the lack of, honestly, of financial support, right? These guys, like you said, they're having money issues, contract issues, whatever. 
the majority of players for the West Indies really focus on, you know, making themselves appealing to international play. And what I mean by that is some of the best players in the West Indies are all-rounders. Even if they're not all-rounders, they're all-rounders, right? And you fashion yourself to be an all-rounder because you can go ahead and focus on your batting. You can be in the nets for eight, 10 hours a day, focus on your batting, or you could be in the nets eight, 10 hours a day, focusing on your bowling. But these guys fashion themselves to be all-rounders because I think that it's the easiest way to get those international contracts to play in the domestic leagues like the IPL, like the CPL, like the BBL. And, you know, just think, just think about some of the best names that you've got out there from a pilot who recently retired to a uh, Russell, right? Russell the muscle to, what, what do you think? It's something in the DNA that makes these guys all-rounders? No, they focus on it. They focus, the mentality is, What's the easiest way for me to make a name, put myself on the international stage so that I can make money, so that I can get paid? Because I'm not going to get paid over here. And that's what it is. That's what it is. And that's a problem of leadership. And it starts from the top. You know what I mean? You won't, don't want your players. You don't want to beg your players to pay to play for the West Indies? Then pay them. Then pay them. All right? But you've got guys that are amazing athletes that are just focusing on making themselves the most appealing possible athlete for these domestic leagues because the domestic leagues is where they're going to make their money bottom line uh yeah absolutely the sports breakdown Osa says uh right on point gabe i was thinking about the same right now that the west indies have too many bowlers and have a few specialist batters or bowlers nowadays thoughts on that yeah i mean it's it's you know i think of it this way right one of the one of the really good bowlers that I really, I mean, I like this. This guy can, this guy is an absolute monster. All right. And I watch him is Rashid Khan. Now, Rashid Khan, I've also watched him bat sometimes, and he's got some pop in his bat. Rashid Khan, if he spent some time in the nets, could be an all rounder. Rashid Khan's not spending time in the nets. He can naturally hit, he's got some power. But if he was just thinking about how to make myself the most appealing bowl, uh, 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 player to get paid, to get that big paycheck, let me make myself an all-rounder. Because oh, we, we saw it in the IPL auction. Those guys get a boatload of cash, right? Uh, look at what Maxwell got in the IPL for the love of people. What was it, $2 million? So, again, the fact that you've got players that focus on not just one craft, but try to focus on both dual facets of the game is actually hurting the potential that that one player could reach if, let's say, they focused on just batting or on just bowling, okay? And, you know, repetition is the key, the, 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 the mother of everything, of improving and everything, of learning. I teach, you know, I tell my students that all the time, guys, repetition is the mother of learning. And you want to get better at something, you do it consistently. But if you're dividing your time up between both facets of the game, and not to mention, you got to also field. Whether you're a batter or a bowler, you're also feeling, fielding. You're not dedicating as much time as you can to your one craft and, and that one tool. Might it be if you're a better batter or a bowler? So, I mean, I, I think that to me, again, what do you think? There's just, they don't produce athletes in the Caribbean anymore because what, the water's different? You know what I mean? The food is different. What changed? Mm. Nothing changed. They're still athletes. Russell not look like, look at those guys. Don't they not look like athletes? Of course they're all athletes. The difference is they're not focusing on building 
a legit test team where you've got your opener that can last and survive the new balls and guys that are going to know their roles. You know, they got the guys that are strictly bowlers that are going to give you 20 plus overs, you know, uh, uh, in that um, in that test match. You got guys that are just thinking, not I'm going to focus on this one role for my specific international team is I'm going to focus on turning myself into that specialist that everybody's going to want in these domestic leagues. And I don't yeah. blame them for that, by the way. I'm not yeah. knocking them for that. Yeah, Make but, your money, man. Do what you got to do. Yeah, they, they do. Um, let us hear your thoughts on whether Chris Gale, the universe boss, not the getting a farewell ball. match from the West Indies Cricket Board as of now. Previous legends of West Indies Cricket also didn't get farewell matches. Your thoughts on that, Gabe? Uh, because he did – the last game he did play was that in that uh, T20 World Cup match against Australia – Last yeah. year, that was his last game. Um, your thoughts on that? Eh, I think we've bashed the West Indies enough. I mean, they just it's 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 again, it starts at the top and they're just ran poorly. Let's just say that. All right, the organization is ran poorly, and I keep bad for the players. The players deserve better, the universe boss deserves better. All right, Andre Russell deserves better, and I don't blame these guys for you know basically saying, Look, I'm I'm going to look out for me because you're not looking out for me. Yeah. Um, hopefully they can qualify for the T20 World Cup this year because they're in that qualifying tournament, uh, right. which is a concern. It just shows how badly they po- uh, played in the last T20 World Cup. They could be in danger of not qualifying directly for the 50-over World Cup next year. Um, they have to go and play in that. Reality. Mm, that is a reality. It's the reality of West Indies cricket at the moment. But let's hope they can get back to some sort of their best. Now, Gabe, you and me, we support this team, and let's talk about Australia. Let's talk about Australian cricket. Um, It's a big summer this summer, Gabe. Um, Australia-Zimbabwe at the end of the month. That's on the 28th of August, ODI series. Australia-New Zealand ODI series. And then all of a sudden, Australia go to India for three T20 internationals. Um. That doesn't make sense because T20 World Cup's in Australia, not in India. But anyway, we're going there. Um, and then Australia in the, uh, in the West Indies for two T20s. Um, Australia versus England for three T20s. Then the T20 World Cup and then Australia versus England ODI series. And then you've got Australia, the West Indies, two test matches and Australia, South Africa, three test matches to end the summer. Um, so, Gabe, obviously... How do you think Australia will go this summer in terms of all those matches? And what do you think will be a pass mark for Australia this summer in terms of the international summer? What do you think will be a pass mark uh, for the team? You know, I think that Australia needs to win. Let's not say should. They need to win all those matches with the exception of the India match, and again, if it was on neutral ground or if it was in Australia, then that's a different story. But playing a subcontinent, man, those spinning tracks, it's just, it's just a beast, you know what I mean? So you don't expect Australia to go into India and beat them, but they should be able to beat New Zealand, right? And Zimbabwe, they better beat Zimbabwe. And I think that Australia, again, they find themselves in a very interesting position because having one the last T20 World Cup, they could theoretically go back to back 
they could. You know, I know the West Indies went back to back and won it back to back. They had the opportunity to do so because, you know, outside of India, what other T20 team really scares you? You know what I mean? I mean, England, we saw their test team. They got hammered. They got absolutely hammered. And, you know, I think that, of course, you've got other teams, Pakistan, for instance, um, who had a good showing, had some great bowling that could make some noise. But they have a very, very good opportunity to um, to go in and win back-to-back World Cups. Um, the, 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 I think that they've mentioned that the pitches here play are kind of flat. If you watch a lot of scores here, they're pretty high. So I think that bodes well for Australians bowlers who are used to pitching, you know, bowling on flat pitches. I think it's it's it is it, it's set up for them to to succeed. Um, now, as far as ODI is concerned, that's a different story. Um, a little bit of more more work has to go in there. And dude, I mean, after. After what I just saw with England, I mean, for people to talk about it, I know people say, oh, basketball, the Ashes, Australia's going to, yeah, okay. You know, I, I, there, I, there's no concern, not even a little bit of concern. I think that England is not nearly ready uh, for the next Ashes. What are we looking at? Uh, 2023, right? Because it was last year. Yeah, next year in England. Yeah. Yeah, next year in England. So it, England or not, it doesn't matter, man. I'm telling you. They're, they're not. This team right here that we just saw, this English team, they're not beating Australia. In, in a five, five matches, maybe one of those. Again, maybe in one, that approach will work. But for five matches, you think that you're going to approach Patty Cummings and Mitchell Stark and uh, – Oh, um, I'm, I'm I'm trying to blank. Uh, Jason Hayward, you, you think you're gonna stop? Those guys are gonna eat you alive, man. They're gonna eat you alive. So, um, unless England changes its approach, it'll be back to back T20s and back to back Ashes victories for Australia. I mean, that that's my prediction. Not a whitewash, though, Jihan. Jihan's calling for the whitewash, I'm sure. <laughs> he probably is. He probably is between the West, uh, Australia and the West Indies and probably Australia South Africa. Uh, I'm sure. Um, but um, some questions here from the Sports Breakdown. The four test series between India and Australia next year will be crucial in the context of the WTC. Do you think Australia can win two test matches, at least in India? Mm, it is going to be tough. That's the biggest test for Pat Cummins as his captaincy career. What do you think, Gabe? Can we beat the juggernaut that is India? They haven't lost a home series in test matches since 2012. Well, since 2013, sorry. That's the last time. 2012, they lost a series at home. I'm thinking to myself right now, who's the second spinner that Australia is going to go to? Because you need to. You absolutely need to. Nathan Lyon is not going to be enough. And, I mean, he's going to I mean, he's gonna take some scalps, obviously, you know, on those spinning tracks. But who's the next spinner? I mean, because the, batty, the batsman, you figure David Warner is going to do okay. He's played there in the IPL. He doesn't really struggle, you know, on, on, the, on the spinning pitches. Um, you got Uzi. He's done pretty well. You got well. Uzi. Oh, gosh. I got some Uzi. Um, I, I do worry a little bit about Cam Green. 
I do worry a little bit about Cam Green. He looked good in uh, Sri Lanka, by the way. He looked he looked good in in Sri Lanka the way he played yeah, the spinners. And, and you know the thing about Cam Green, he either is bowling very well or he's batting very well. Can we get you to do both at once again? Being an all rounder, right? Can we get? But both? it's hard doing one level pegging as an all rounder. But he's yeah, got some he, promise, Cameron Green. Yeah, he, he does he have really some, does. some promise. Of course, you got Maxi. So I'll be honest. I think, I think they can. Is it too bold to say? I think that they can split the series. Um, we haven't won a Test series in India since two thousand and four, and that was like with Gilchrist, Ponting, Warren, McGrath, and all those legends. Right. The last tour in two thousand seventeen, we lost that series two one, and um, India came back and won that series. We drawed the the third the third Test in Ranchi. And Glenn Maxwell made a century in that match. Um, so I, what I saw from the team in Pakistan to win there on those flat pitches and to draw in Sri Lanka, disappointing not to win the series, um, we're improving. Um, but it's a big challenge in India, especially with the ball turning as much. It is going to be a, a battle. But if Australia do well this summer in terms of winning those test matches against West Indies and South Africa, then it doesn't matter what they do in the India series because India right. need to win majority of those test matches because they've got two series remaining in India, Bangladesh right. and Australia, to make a case for the final of the WTC. So I think Australia can can definitely do well in the in India, but it's going to be a big challenge. But uh, we've got the players to do it, and I hope it I hope we can win over there because it's very hard to win in India. It's a hard it's hard to wait a, a win now, from home. We'll now, and I always I always underestimate New Zealand, and I know people are gonna kill me in the chat. They're gonna be like, "Gabe, what happened with you know New Zealand's garbage and Kane Williamson's garbage?" So I I, I said it kind of like, "Oh, they should beat New Zealand. They should, right?" But New Zealand. Once again, they've got some good players. And, you know, from McConway to, I mean, dude, it's 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 tough when you've got Kane Willison, you got Conway, you got, uh, oh, what's the other boy's name? I can't remember. Uh, Sodi. Uh, is Sodi Sodai? I mean, they've got some really, really good players. And I don't know what it is, but they seem to be the best fielding team every single time, no matter who I watch them play. Whether it's Australia, whether it's South Africa, whether it's West my West Indies or India, it's like they've got thirteen players on the field. They got instead of eleven, they somehow they they've managed to uh, 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 whatever their strategy is. It always seems like they got fielders everywhere. It's like whack a mole, bro. You cannot find an opening with them, and they're such good fielders that they don't give away free runs. They don't give away cheap runs. You very seldomly see a drop. So I also, as a, as a fan of Australia, I don't want to overlook, and I'm telling you not to overlook and to say, oh, we just got to get through India in this summer. We just got to get through India uh, this summer coming up, and we'll be fine. Yeah, New Zealand will also pose a, uh, pose a challenge. Yes. Um, we got some questions on Australian cricket here from the sports break. Thank you so much, everyone. He's tuned in and um, – Provided some questions for me and Gabe here. We're trying our best to answer all of them, so give us some time here. Um, obviously, uh, where was it? Uh, here it is. Uh, he says, I've been very impressed with Pat Cummins' captaincy so far in tests. Um, 
it isn't easy for a bowler to lead in test cricket, especially being a fast bowler, as you tend to get injuries. Gabe, that was the other question I was going to ask you. How do you think about Pat Cummins? From Tim Payne to Pat Cummins and the change of leadership and the change of coach as well, how do you see – because he got criticised, Pat Cummins, for what happened with JL, as we all know. But how do you see him as a captain thus far in his short test career as captain? I was concerned when he became captain that he was going to overbowl himself. And honestly, I felt like he was going to overbowl guys. But it's been the quite opposite. I think he's underbowled himself at times and, you know, left some overs out there. So maybe that's to his credit. I still don't know. Obviously, you can't argue with the record, right? He's been a really good captain, successful captain. He's been winning games. But... I think that the fear with a captain is that they could either underbowl themselves or overbowl themselves. And I thought that knowing a Pat Cummings, a guy that always wants to bowl, I thought he was going to overbowl himself. But to me, he I just think it's been the right moments to impact yeah. games, like that Sydney Test match where right. we needed those wickets. He came in and got rid of Butler and yeah. Wood with two wonderful deliveries to get them out of LBW. He just picks yeah. the right moments to come in. So he's got right, that balance right. right. And I think that that's what he does the best. You know, he'll come in when the team needs him, but then he'll let he'll put other guys in a position to be successful. And you know, I think that the way that he's managing, and I, I really do say managing, because if there is a weakness in Australia, it's definitely Australia, much like England, has has struggled with those openers and outside of Devin Warner, you know, that door's been revolving and Pakulski, you know, with the uh concussions. Concussions and, and Joe Burns, you had that full run of form in that India series. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Burns. And he's just been managing to 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 get enough out of his 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 batsmen and put them in the right position. You well, know, David Warner doesn't have long long to go in his career. Yeah. Steve no, Smith's been a bit down in form. Yeah. And then you got Manus, and then Travis Head's been a bit poor um, in the right. subcontinent of late. Um, and and you've got Cameron Green, and you've got Alex Carey as keeper. Right. So, Think about that. So that's what he's working with a, you know, aging David Warner, a uh, smudge who, like you said, can be up and down. Uh, you know, I was absolutely hammering. I wanted him gone because I wanted Uzi on the side so bad because, you know, I'm a fan of Uzi. And. You know, I, I'm like, please, I, I don't understand why they refuse to give Uzi a shot. You know what I mean? And, you know, Uzi's gotten a, a couple opportunities, but not as many as I think he had. He, he can. And, you know, I think in his last game I saw he played, he put up like 70 runs, right? He opened. But then, you know, I feel like it took him so long and they pushed Travis Head so much so much and i'm like come on the guy who's just better flat out i know that he was a jl's guy but he was just better and cam green you know will either bat very well he can give you 50 60 70 i think that same game with uzi uh if not i'm mistaken he also put up 70 or so in the first inning but then he gets yeah. you know he he he, 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 he they, they don't even put him the ball because his his it, he's so inconsistent man he's so inconsistent i, I don't know I don't know what it is about Cam Green. Like, like he's either one or the other. And to me, his his bat isn't just an uh, what do you call it? A 
uh, he's not dominant enough to just be a batter. So he needs to be an all rounder. And it's funny because people told me, well, in the beginning of his career, Gabe, he was more of a bowler and couldn't bat. But so now he's batting and can't bowl. I mean, what? what... That's the thing with all rounders, really. They they either start out as a bowling all rounder or a batting all rounder, and he's more of a batting all rounder. But he's got a lot of potential. They didn't bowl him much in Sri Lanka because they didn't need to, because especially in that first test, you know, Nathan Lyon and Mitchell Swepson got majority of the wickets because it was turning. Um. Jack, give me so, one. And I know we're live, man. Give me one second. I got to take this real quick. That's fine, Gabe. You got to do what you got to do. Oh, I can't remove myself from the screen. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I got to do that. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Uh, Gabe's got to dip out for a minute, but he'll be back with us just after this. Um. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, everyone. I know that everyone's got a lot of questions here. Obviously, uh, Gabe has to uh, take a phone call, but he'll be back very shortly. Purlish Singh, how are you? I hope you're well. Sports Bit, how are you? Um, thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in uh, to the live stream. Uh, it's a great discussion that me and Gabe are having. Gabe will be right back. He's just got to attend to something, uh, and he'll be back in just a few minutes. Uh, but keep those questions coming in. We're trying our best to answer all of them um, as we can. Uh, there's been a lot of questions, so thanks, everyone, uh, who's been watching as well. Um, so we'll um, continue on um, answering your questions um, on everything. So um, I'll try and answer some questions Um while Gabe is busy. Um, no, I think Gabe is ready, I think. I think he's – you're good, Gabe? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It was just a uh, family uh, thing, and I was like, wait, I got to answer this because it's late on my side over, over here, and yes. I'm like getting a call this late. I was like, okay, it could be something in emergency. Family is important, everyone. Yeah, make yeah. sure you hug and love your family members because time is so precious, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, where were we? Uh, everyone's got questions here. <laughs> I can't keep track. It's like on CFA with a live stream, you know, everyone with the chat going everywhere. Uh, we're trying our best, everyone, but thank you so much. I, I really appreciate Um, Yeah, we've gone for two hours. It's a marathon innings here, but we're plowing through it. We've got lots to talk about. And we love talking cricket, do we, Gabe? I know absolutely. absolutely. Um, this question here, Gabe, from the Sports Breakdown. Oh, so I want to ask from uh, ask this from both of you. Why do Australian batters generally struggle with left arm orthodox spinners? I've seen many times in Test cricket Australian batters struggle, especially in Tests. Uh, yeah, we have because um, they're not easy to play. Um, <laughs> you know, left arm spinners turning the ball, um, especially in that game against Sri Lanka. Correct me if I'm wrong, Power, and if you're watching, Pradaf J Surya, he's a left arm spinner, isn't he? I think he is. So um, we struggled against him in that second test. Um, I don't know why. It's just it's just techniques how I, we brought up on wickets in Australia. I, yeah, I think because you see so little of them. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's a good question. I'm not the one to ask. To, to, I'm not the one to ask. Uh, I still the nuances of the game. I'm still. You know what I mean? Like like you still you still trying to grasp those. Yeah. yeah. They, it, that still eludes me. Like in baseball, I can tell you exactly 
you know, why a lefty will stir on a lefty or why, you know, you would, you would, a, um, you know, let's say play a certain field for a certain batter, uh, whether it's ready a lefty, would you, why you would shift. But in cricket, that's still some of the things I struggle with. Um, you know, and sometimes it's funny, like you'll see a bowler, you know, bowl a short ball to get pumped. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, listen, it's so hard to be consistent when you're lying the lengths and it's so hard to nail that Yorker and, oh, you know, it's, it's, it, it yeah. drives me crazy. Uh, yes, he is a left arm spinner pound, says, and as a ring in the head it was as well. Yes, he was. Um, uh, Pulish Singh says the straight ones from left handers keep them confused and uncertain arm ball or left armor is lethal. Yes, they are. Um, you got to have that variation in the attack. Um, where was the other questions that I had here? Um, oh, here we go. Steve Smith. Uh, do you also think that Steve Smith should focus on test cricket and should let go of T20 internationals because it seems he has lost his groove in test cricket a bit? Should he just do what Joe Root did? What do you think, yes. Gabe? Um, yes, because I think he should. I've seen Steve Smith look amazing in tests. And for some reason, he just looks lost whenever I watch him play T20. He really does. And especially, you know, the last few seasons that I watched him play in the IPL, he looked terrible. Just terrible. And he's he's in between. He doesn't, you know, I think he's one of those uh, batsmen that has to build an inning, just can't start firing. And he needs, like, a lot of information to be able to read the pitch, read what the bowlers are doing. And, again, in T20, you almost got to start firing from ball one. You know what I mean? You, you, you can't just chew up two overs, you know, 12 deliveries, trying to read the pitch and see what the bowlers are doing and, and, and get their timing and cadence down and stuff like that. So I think that, you know, the, the he's, a, he, he's a student of the game. And Steve Smith is a student of the game, but that benefits you in a longer format of the game because now you can use what you learned in the, you know, in the later on, you know what I mean? Later on in the innings. But again, the limited overs, it's, it's, you're firing from ball one. And I think that's where he struggles a lot. Yeah, he, he does. And it's a bit slower for him as well. T20 uh, cricket for him. It's sort of, Sort of not his forte. It's more one day in Test cricket for for Steve Smith, I think. Uh, yeah. well, because you know players can't play three formats anymore, so he probably just have to probably uh, give up a format if he wants to keep playing at the top level. You're gonna see uh, so many. You're gonna see so many players start giving up formats and mm, yes. Um, the the, the, the yeah. Sorry, Gabe. Uh, going. Stokes, Stokes walking away. Stokes walking yeah. away. Get ready for more of that. Yeah. Um, also, thoughts on who can actually replace Nathan Lyon in the future. I know he has many years left in Test cricket, but I do feel Swepson need to be a bit consistent with his lines. Uh, so who do you think is going to take his uh, place? Because okay? he's been playing since 2011, Nathan Lyon, and he's one of the best off spinners that we've ever had. So who do you think is going to replace him, if you could think of any names? But... Uh... I mean, you already said the name, Swepson, right? Swepson looked good in that last match. He, what was the the, the second match? He had a three-wicket haul, um, decent economy rate. I mean, he's not Nathan Lyon, right? 
Nathan Lyon will give you 20, 25 overs, and it seems like his economy rate is always under four. Uh, you know, it'll be, you know, twos, threes. Um, but uh, I, I do like Swepson. I like his stuff, and I think that he has the ability to get some of those uh, get some of those bad wickets. Does that make sense? The players will put themselves in a bad position trying to take him on. And, like, what do you do? I'll take it. it, it it's like the balls look so – sometimes look so bad that they're just – like oh, half trackers and, and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's going to be the replacement. That's a logical replacement, right? Because now he's got multiple uh, innings so far under his belt of T20. And he's done it – not T20, I'm sorry, of, um, of cricket. And, yeah, it was in that Sri Lanka match uh, where, you know, he took, I think, five total. It was one innings. He took three yeah. men, three yeah. wickets. Another one he took two. So I, I, I like Swepson. How about yourself? Yeah, I, I think uh, Mitch can do that. What he's thinking about there is with his lines, he, he can be a bit inconsistent, but all leg spinners are like that. you just got to give him time and confidence. You know, people were on his back after what happened in Pakistan, but that was Pakistan. It would have been different in Sri Lanka, and it was because he took wickets, and I was glad for him that he took wickets. Um, right, right, right. You know, he's a young guy. Well, he's not young yet. He's in his late 20s. But he's got experience, so if he can build on that, he probably won't play in the Australian summer. He'll he'll probably get a go in India. That will be the next series for him. Definitely yeah. play two spinners in India. But, uh, yeah, definitely one to look out for there. Um, another question from the Sports Breakdown. What do you think about the resurgence of Josh Hazelwood in the past two years in all three formats? For me, it seems that Stark has declined a bit and Hazelwood is in his prime. Any thoughts on that, Gabe? Because he is a good uh... T20 bowler now, Josh Hazelwood. He won the IPL for the for the uh, Chennai Super Kings. I mean, he is an absolute animal with the ball. Josh Hazelwood, you know, I call him Patty Cummings light. All right, he's so consistent on his lines and lengths. He really is, and he's got the ability to delivery after delivery. Just put the ball where he wants, and you know, I don't think calling him Patty Patty Cummings light is disrespectful. You know what I mean? I just think that uh, he's not quite there at the Patty Cummings level. But, yes, the last two years, and, and yeah, even in T20, he's been really, really good, really, really consistent. consistent. And that two-headed monster, um, again, Mitchell Stark, I don't think any of them have stuff. And in baseball, we call, you know, guys' pitches stuff, just pure stuff. You know what I mean? Patty Cummings doesn't have the stuff Mitchell Cummings does. He just doesn't. Neither does Josh Hazelwood. But – Stark is always hurt, and he's at times very inconsistent. And you're like, I, I don't get it. With the arm this guy has, just why isn't he more consistent with his lines and length? And you know, why isn't he's probably not know, that sort of bowler, really? He's more erratic. It, that's how, that's it, how he. Yeah, bowls. that's what it is. He's erratic. He's just erratic. Mm. You know what I mean? He, he sort I of reminds that, me of Mitchell Johnson in his um, early part of his career, where he's a bit react. You know, he's a left armor as well, and he was a bit over over the place, bowling wides and down the leg side of that. Stark can be like that, but when he gets it right, he gets it right. When he bowls yeah. those Yorkers to the tail, he's lethal. So he's, yeah, yeah. he's still a valuable yeah. asset to this Australian bowling attack. But Oh, yeah, for know, sure, for sure. At times, and he I, can be a bit inconsistent with his lines and lengths, but Australia do yeah, like him because of that left arm variation, especially yeah, in the subcontinent when you have that ball reversing. And, it it you know, gives... A different look. It, it gives a different look from a, obviously a Patty Cummings 
and a uh, Josh Hazelwood who are right-handers. But, again, I've seen innings, man. Uh, it, it's – I've seen innings, man, where he will bowl three or four um, just wides in a row, man, and it just drives me crazy, man. It really does. Um, <clears throat> Ben Davis says Stark and um, Bolt were unplayable in 2015. Now they are just as good. Yeah, you know, even Trent Bolt's pretty good as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> what he's done there. Um, another question here from Pulish. Uh, who are the spinners in domestic for Australia? Any good ones? Um, not many I can think of. At the moment, there's no one really banging down the door to replace Nathan Lyon or anything like that. Uh, there's some around. Um, I think Todd Todd Murphy, Rob Victoria, is a good one to look out for. He's been playing um, some cricket um, for Victoria. He's he's a promising bowler. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see how he goes um, there. Now, Gabe, let's move on to our next topic. Um, it's a bit of a marathon, this chat, but thanks everyone for sticking with us. <laughs> we're getting there. We're nearly, we're nearly finished, everyone. Um, let's talk about cricket in the Olympics, Gabe. And um, it was, it was um, talked about a few weeks ago, I think, that the uh, cricket's been shortlisted for the LA Games in 2028, and the ICC have to prepare a presentation for them for the committee. Um, and also for the Brisbane Games in 2032, because the next Olympics after that will be in Brisbane in Australia. And Cricket Australia uh, are launching this program to get cricket into the Olympics in, in that um, edition. Um, right. Do you see cricket being in the Olympics in LA, Gabe? Because, you know, it's up to the committee to decide whether or not they should have cricket in the Olympics or not. I think they should. I think they should, and, and I, I'll take it a step farther. I think it's going to happen. One of the things that uh, Nick and I heard a lot when we were down there in Florida was, A, obviously USA Cricket, people were excited about it, and um, we heard, obviously, about the IPL coming out here, but we also heard about cricket in the Olympics, man. And if that happens, I think that it's really going to, on an international stage, just blow up, right? You're going to get so many, so many, so much more interest from other countries and it's just a much bigger platform. So I think it's going to happen. I hope it happens. I'm excited if it does to your point, it's here. So oh, that'd be such a cool event to attend. Um, I would just question the, again, are we going to get the best players? Because that's, think about that. If it's cricket in the Olympics, you want the best players there, right? I'm assuming it'd be just like the the, the basketball in the Olympics. It doesn't matter. They're gonna have the, the NBA guys play in the Olympics. So, our you know country's gonna send. You know, are we gonna see a Barack Kohli? And I you I know you would think he's a pro. Oh, so what? You see James Harden in the Olympics. You know what I mean? He's a pro. You want to send your best, right? So, and along with the domestic leagues and the commitment to tests and all the other schedules that are out there, like would they? restrict their players from going. I don't even know how that will work, man, but I think it's going to happen. I hope it happens, and I think that it will help grow the game. 
I think it will as well. Um, be interesting to see how it goes. Um, it'd be great. It would be great for USA cricket if that was able to happen. I think they're pushing that as well. But it, purely, it's up to the uh, organising committee to make that decision. It's in their hands. Right. Uh, but we did see women's cricket at the Commonwealth Games, which is like the Olympics, but for Commonwealth nations. And uh, cricket was first played at the Commonwealth Games in 1998. That was the men's. They played one-day cricket. And South Africa won the gold medal, actually. And Australia won silver, New Zealand won bronze. And then they brought back women's, they brought cricket back this year, but women's cricket only. And Australia won the gold medal, obviously, because they're the strongest team. India won silver and New Zealand won bronze, defeating England in that bronze medal match. So it can work. Like a T20 sort of style, it can work. You have to include men and female if it goes to the Olympics. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here. But uh, I'm not sure about LA, to be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm confident about Australia because it's Australia. I'm not so confident about America, you know, LA, because, you know, you know, I think the other sports they listed there, Gabe, I think it's competing with other sports. Here's what they're competing for. Baseball, softball, flag yeah. football, lacrosse, breakdancing, karate, kickboxing, squash, and murder sport are the other nine sports that are competing with cricket for the Olympics in 2028. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, I can tell you that I think baseball is already losing a lot of audience, and it, it's they call it America's pastime, but I just don't see it. Plus, they got the World Baseball Classics already, so it's like they've already got their other their, their other tor- tournament. Those other karate, lacrosse. I mean, I believe, yeah, they've been in there already. Break dancing. I can't see break dancing topping cricket. And again, and the fact that well, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, no. I mean, I think there's a pathway for sure to be there. Um, and LA actually is going to be one of the venues for the IPL uh, league that's coming out here. So they're already going to have that built-in audience out there of cricket fans. I just think it's 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 a no-brainer. Yeah, ho- hopefully. Um, we, we do see that um, in 2028. But I'm not sure about it. I'm, I'm sure about Australia. I'm confident about that. Not okay. so much with LA because the organising committee, you see. How many of them have watched cricket? Probably not. Right, right, right. But, but I mean, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I just don't. If they were up against flag football, really, if they were up against more serious competition, uh, I'd be like, okay, but really? really? But based on that list, you would think that cricket will get the go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There was nothing concerning in there. Like, oh, my gosh, are they going no. up against? Yeah. Um, ben Over says it's a stupid It's stupid that a game like cricket isn't included in the Olympics and some weird unpopular sport is included. Yeah, we just talked about that. Imagine motorsport winning a gold medal for coming first across the line or breakdancing. Um, yeah, I don't know yeah. what, what uh, the Olympics uh, are doing. But uh, what do you call it? Badminton? Yeah, badminton in the Olympics. Come on. Come on, I like really? badminton. I played it in high school in PE. It's pretty good. I prefer it over tennis, really. <laughs> really? But, uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, I think. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens on, on the Olympics. But cricket hasn't been in the Olympics since 1900, so <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, let's talk about 
cricket's different formats over the years, Gabe. Now, some of these ones you've probably heard of, like the 100, um, T10 cricket. Um, yes. did you Did you hear, have you heard about Cricket Max? I think you reacted to a video of Sachin Tendulkar in that yes. match in New Zealand. Right. Yeah. So that was Cricket Max that was invented in the 90s by Martin Crow. Hong Kong Super Sixes was a competition that, that was played up until 2017 in Hong Kong. It had okay. it had pretty much the uh, pretty much the um, international teams play that competition, and um, obviously T10 cricket, the the three team cricket in South Africa, it's where um, they played it in t- 2020, where you had three teams play the one game of cricket, and whoever got the most runs won a gold medal, silver and bronze. It was a one off charity match sort yeah, of right. thing, tournament, or whatever. And then you have the 60. You heard of that in the Caribbean, the, the new format that they're launching there? 60. Yes. Uh, 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 sort Renil, of copying the 100 in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Renil, um, tell me about it. Gabe, like... We keep doing this, um, creating these formats just for the sake of it. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this? Is it because attention spans, you've got to create a format that's fast, quick, and sort of dumb it down for people who haven't watched cricket all their life. Um, yeah, I don't see any point in it, really. It's just a waste of time. I can understand experimentation and all that, but where do you sit on that in terms of creating formats just for the sake of it? They're trying to find a happy medium between the cricket fans, right, the diehard cricket fans, and the TV product that they want. Now, T10, right? They try to shorten it as possible, make it as short as possible. That's not even cricket. People are not, come on, we can't do it, right? So you've got a, a, a T20 and obviously the 100 now, where they're trying, it, it's got to be a TV product. It just has to. So they want to give people that longer format that they'll enjoy and more than bottom line, they'll accept, right? And that it will be accepted by the, the, the announcers, right? Because sometimes you even get announcers. Uh, uh, I think it's Ian Bishop that is it Ian Bishop uh, that normally doesn't like T uh, Twenty cricket. I, I can't uh, Michael Holding, it. Michael Holding, hate yeah, loads Michael of- Holding, Michael Holding just you know badmouths it all the time. So mm. if you get a product out there that they feel that the the, the respected uh, legends of the game will support and embrace, then that's a happy medium they're probably trying to find, but. They're also trying to please the stakeholders and you name it, XYZ company. That's the one playing for TV commercials and airtime and, and, you know, syndication rights. And, you know, I just I was reading the other day the same company, the same company. I don't know how this happens, but the same company gets the uh, rights for the IPL as they did for Australian cricket on Disney or whatever, because, you know, mm, Disney yes. now owns ESPN. So, really, it's ESPN. Holy cow. Holy cow. You know what I mean? Bro, that's dope. That's that's money. You know what I mean? So, I think that it, I know people don't care uh, about that. They just like their game. But if it's not a viable television product, then it just won't be on television. You'll have to you know, watch it on uh, uh, obscure streaming platforms and, you know, pay a ton to watch these games because if the bigger platforms don't carry it, then 
you know, even nowadays, it's hard to find some matches. And for instance, if I, I, USA matches for the most part, we've gotten a couple, and I was so happy to get it on Willow TV, and we got a few on ESPN. But for the most part, some of the ma- matches we were watching was on, you know, YouTube, bro, streaming it off of like a a, a, a bad camera service or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just you need the major networks, man. And unfortunately that comes with marketing and they want to show the product. That's just the bottom line. But do you think it's just doing it too much? Do you think it's confusing people even more who haven't watched cricket? Like, like, like you and Nick, for example, like, right. would you get confused by watching these formats? If you didn't watch a proper game of cricket, like test cricket or ODIs or T20s, would you be confused if yes. you watch these formats? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, luckily we started off with tests. But even I remember watching in the 100, I'm like, there was some weird rules in the 100. And I was like, what, what? And even in the Big Bash, there's some different variations. Yeah, yeah. Different rules. And you're like, you know. So, yeah, I think that from that perspective, you're right. It does get confusing. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, uh, the 100, it implemented that that rule you like. Where the new batsman has to face, and it doesn't the matter about ball. crossing anymore. Um, I love that. I love that. Like that, that, is... that in from the hundred. Yeah, because that was such an advantage for batters. You know, now you know advantage bowler. Yeah, give me the new guy that's not been on the crease that isn't settled in. You know, hold that cousin, and especially if you're towards the tail end. You know what I mean? And let's say I saw it not too recently. I forgot what match it was. The they were trying everything in their power to keep whoever on the strike. It might have been during the uh, England versus uh, India series, but uh, you know, like three wickets fell, con- you know, consecutive, boom, 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 you know, and was it who? Who was it that was left with? It might have been Moina. I can't remember with his bat in his hand. You know what I mean? A guy that could have got you those extra runs you needed, but you know, now that that new batsman, uh, usually it's a bowler that's coming in, has to face the new ball. Uh, not the new ball, but has to face that that first ball off of a bowler who's established when they haven't even, you know, had any time on the crease. It's 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 advantage bowler for sure. I love it. Absolutely. Um that rule's not uh, that law, that playing condition's not coming into October. So <laughs> we'll see it in the T twenty oh, World Cup, that's for sure. Oh, but it's coming. Oh, but it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Um so yeah, so I, I think for the women's hundred, I think that's a positive for the women's game. Um, so I see a positive in that um, because women's cricket doesn't have a, a lot of franchise cricket as it is. It's only the WBBL and the women's hundred. And then probably next year you're having a women's IPL in March, apparently. So for the yeah. women's game, it's good for the women's hundred, but for the men's not as much because there's enough franchise cricket. I can right, see what right, the MCB right. are trying to do, you know, get a new audience in, but people just, it's hard for me to explain because I'm not in England, not from yeah. England. Um, so, you know, f- for those people who are living in England, you know, they're saying different things like, oh, we like it, we don't like it. But I think, I guess the main thing is that you're seeing children there, kids, families, and I think yeah. that's good. Um, yeah. But whereas other people don't like it. Um, I think the sports breakdown said a question here. Oh, here we go. Uh, what actually happened to the Hong Kong Super Sixes? Thanks, Jack, for making me remember this. I love this format way back in the 2000s era. 
the issue was that the less profile players from each nation took part. Yes, um, I, I, the last tournament was in 2017. So, yeah, they, they used to play that a lot back in the day. Um, and then they stopped. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why they, they did that. Um, they just decided to not continue with it. Um, so, viewership, man. It, it either wasn't profitable yeah. or viewership. That's just, that's what it boils down to. Because you could better believe that if it was successful and it was getting viewership and they were making money, they ain't stopping. What are you kidding me? Either to be like, listen, that, that, that's all about, man. It's about ratings and viewership. If they're getting them, that means they got sponsors, they got money coming in. If they don't, they don't. Simple. Yeah, it is. Um, we're finally there, Gabe. The last topic of this discussion. Hooray. Um, there we go. We're going to be talking about the international schedule because that's been announced with the Future Tools program. And um, it's quite alarming, Gabe, um, the amount of cricket. The next cycle from next year to 2027, 173 test matches, 281 ODIs, and 326 T20 internationals. Compare that to this cycle, the current cycle at the moment, 151 test matches, 241 ODIs, and 301 T20 internationals. So that number is increasing year on year. Um, Ursa, Gabe, um, for your West Indies, they do play the most T20 nationals in this cycle. They play 73 matches out of everyone else. They play the most. Um, in terms of test matches, no surprise, England play the most, 43. And for ODIs, it's Bangladesh, actually, with 59. So they... they and they play the most matches combined of all the three formats with 150 as well, Bangladesh. Um, so with the rapid rise of T20 leagues domestically, um, there's a lot of cricket being played and, and scheduled, which is quite ridiculous when you look at it, but that's what the ICC have done. I'm going to tell you right now, unsustainable. Unsustainable. Yes. You're going to get a lot of cancelled match. You're going to get a lot of cancelled matches and you're going to get a lot of matches where we're not going to see, you know, uh, the top players for pick a country, England, uh, Australia, India. You're not going to see some of those players in there because they're playing in those domestic leagues and for their for their home countries. And they're, you know, it, it again, for, for instance, you just saw South Africa. Uh, pull out of that ODI match because we were talking about it, the ODI match with Australia, because they're trying to push their, their domestic league out there. So it's unsustainable. I'll tell you right now, you're going to add matches? People are already talking about there's too much cricket. And you're going to add matches? That's just dumb. That's just dumb. I, I, I don't well, know. It is unsustainable because the current schedule, as it is, the current system that they use, planning for the next four years, is sort of like you're sort of doing that and you're just hoping that, okay, you know, there's no problems, you know, but there's no break or rest recuperation time in between series or match because cricket touring is such a hard thing to do because it's not like other sports where you play domestically. You're touring, playing countries around the world for months on end, playing all three formats. Um, I had this discussion with Mark from opening up. And I said, is there a potential mental crisis on our hands? And he said, Bob, potentially, yes. But he knew some people in the ICC, and he said they're sort of thinking about it. But I don't see any plan on mental health or well-being from the ICC. I don't see any of that 
in terms of how they do the schedule. Because you're going to see more players like Stokes, like Bolt, retire or give up their contract because they can't play all three formats. And probably it's going to be the end of the three-format player as we know it. Because the ICC just cricket boards just care about money. You play the series in and out. We get the money. We get paid. That's all it is. TV rights, all that stuff as well. But uh, how do you see it, Gabe? Do you think there should be a plan for mental health and well-being? Do you think there's any strategy that the ICC have? Because it it doesn't look like it with the schedule. Okay, those are two different questions. Should there be? Yes. Does ICC have one? No, not even a little bit. But to be fair, no, and I mean absolutely no. It's not that they don't have a plan. It's that what would the plan be? The plan would be, okay, well, let's, you know, back up on the schedule. Let's uh, cut back on games. Let's cut back on. And they're never going to want to do that because if you reduce games, you're reducing revenue, right? And ultimately, it's a business. So I think that they're being a little short-sighted because, Yes, while you're not, while you don't want to cut the amount of games because you're cutting our revenue, what you are doing is you're going to diminish the product because you're not going to have the best players out there because some of them are going to be struggling with some mental health issues. Case in point, earlier in our discussion, somebody mentioned, which I don't know to be true, I have not read that article myself, but that Barack Kohli mentioned mental health. And that, you know, uh, him not being around his loved ones and his loved ones leaving him at, at, you know, at some points. And, you know what I mean? Like, like, listen, it's it's the last two and a half, three years has been a strain on everyone. But specifically for the athletes that were really put up against it, they were some of the first people thrust back into the public uh, 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 eyesight and to compete and to try to you know, combat these bubbles and restrictions and travel and everything that came along with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mental health is definitely an issue. I see that school now with students, you know what I mean? Still don't, haven't fully uh, assimilated to being back in an academic environment. Uh, and, and I think that unfortunately, not just cricket, but all sports, don't look at players as people, as humans. You know what I mean? They it's look at them as robots and they're commodities. And they're yeah. commodities. Bottom line, you are an asset. You know what I mean? You are an asset. You're a commodity. You are our product. And they forget that there's a person behind there. You know what I mean? And a person that could that you know has already struggled with uh, all the challenges everybody else has struggled over the last you know three years. So it, it, I can't believe they did it, but man it's it's just ridiculous because uh you know looking at it and as cricket fans there's so much cricket on you can't really cover like your channel you and nick can't cover everything right. you can't talk about every series or whatever Not i can't do that on my channel because it's, it's impossible we, because there's so much cricket follow, obviously india and australia west indies and now USA, because it's going to be here, games we can actually watch live. That's what we're trying to really venture into. But it's not enough to – there's just way too many matches, way too many teams playing, way too many leagues. And, you know, um, it's good that there's always cricket on. I mean, any time of year there's cricket on, basically. But at the same time, I think that it's diminished the product a little bit as we're losing some of the best players either to retirement 
or just to injuries. You know, uh, you know, it comes to mind uh, Jaffa Archer, right? The injury playing all three formats, playing in the IPL and the CPL, and then he broke down. And the guy was an absolute talent. And you know, or guys just retiring like Faf, right? Retires from international cricket, still playing in the IPL though, still playing in the BBL. I think he's BBL, right? Faf playing in the BBL. Still playing in those domestic. Yeah, he's leagues. playing the BBL this year, yeah. You know, making that money, but he's not playing for South Africa. He's not playing for uh, 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 his, his home country. So that's a sad thing. And, you know, we saw the same thing. We didn't, obviously, because we weren't following cricket at the time. But, yeah, look, MS Dhoni retired from international cricket long before Nick and I started watching cricket. But we saw about two, three seasons of MS Dhoni playing, you know, in the IPL. I think he's may come back again this next season. So, you know, <laughs> the reality is, is that, you know, uh, you, you're forcing players to make financial decisions, and when they are, you you know, they're gonna make the decision that you know makes sense for them and their families. Sort of like Trent Bolt in a way we discussed earlier, really, right. because he he made that decision, and and sadly that's the reality of it. But what they did announce the ICC is that more women's games are increased, seven Test matches in the next four four years. 135 ODIs and 159 T20 Nationals. That's uh, great. good for the women's game. I think more people would say more Test matches than seven. Right. That's the thing in the women's game. But that that's a start. Hopefully that number keeps going up year on year. But um, that's good for the women's game. For the men's side of things, they play too much, whereas the women play too little. Right. Um, that, that's the problem. How do you get... Women's cricket's different to to men's cricket in that way because of the scheduling and how it operates and that. They have they have a different system, different um way they go about it. Sports breakdown says here. It seems like Bangladesh and the West Indies have the most matches, but I feel mentally it will surely take a toll on these cricketers along with franchise cricket. Um yes, the West Indies play 147 matches combined over the next four years. Um, in front of me here. They played 26 test matches, 48 ODIs, and 73 T20s, whereas Bangladesh, they, they play 150 matches combined, and that's 34 test matches, 59 ODIs, and 57 T20 nationals. So, um, and Iosa says, since Bangladesh does the Bangladesh Premier League and the West Indies carry out the CPL, um, yeah, I, I think it's just cricket boards that are money-hungry, if, if that makes sense, Gabe. They just want money and they just want to schedule the games in so they get the that profits is, in and make money. That is, come on, that's, that's human nature, man. That's human nature, and you know that's that's all it is. You know what I mean? mm, it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, just, what, it's just... What, what, do you, what do you expect? What do you expect? Yeah, you, you sort of expect that because they're just making money. <laughs> Um, cricket's a money-making operation, really. Sport is. You know, ever right. since you put up a fence and charge people for tickets, it's always been about money and people get greedy. And, and it's the same in cricket as well. But uh, I think that's done it, Gabe. I think we've reached all the topics, but there's some questions that we have to answer to finish up. Sure. But thanks for everyone for sticking with us. It's been a long marathon, long innings. Um, but yeah. some people got some questions. We'll try and answer them before we get out of here. Um, sports breakdown, first of all, says, do you think test cricket should be expanded and more teams deserve to 
get test status in the future? Do you think the WTC there should be relegated or relegation as well for teams that end up in ninth and 10th position? What do you think you, of that, guys? Uh, no, you're absolutely right. Um, here's the thing. And sometimes you need to invest in the product. I think the ICC needs to invest in the product by it, by looking at, not necessarily, and this is where I'm going to be, again, a little selfish as an American, but not necessarily just the teams that have uh, uh, the best records, uh, you know, the associate teams, but the ones that may have the, the largest revenue streams, right? The ones that may be able to, to that, they can, that they can expand to. Like, look, case in point. NFL is king of the sports. It's it's look it up online, man. Billions of dollars, billions of dollars. What are they doing? They're expanding to Mexico. They're expanding to Canada. They're putting NFL teams out there. We're like, what? It's, yeah, they understand that in order to continue to grow the product, you have to expand internationally. And the way to do that is look at the markets where you've got people that have access, uh, expendable income, right? Because it's expensive. It's expensive to buy gear. It's expensive to watch these games on TV. It's expensive to go to a game, you know what I mean? Buy food, whatever. Buy a, a drink. So you want to go to places that you, A, you have people that have some expendable income, but that you've got also large fan bases that are used to rooting for teams, will embrace a team. Um, and again, uh, United States, you know, they got a lot of people that, are used to following teams and, you know, it took a while for football, you know, international football, I should say, to take off here. And, but the MLS is here. They're making money. You've got uh, the league's been going now for close to 10 years, a decade, you know, and they, I think they did it correctly. Right. When they came, David Beckham, they, you know, they, they threw the, I remember, I don't know if you remember, but it was one of the most lucrative contracts at the time. People were like, David Beckham's not worth two hundred fifty million dollars. He's a he's an aged, you know, uh, 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 European, I think, uh, uh, soccer player or football player. Yeah, but he's a name, and he's a name people know. And he was used as a platform to sell the sports to America, to 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 legitimize the sport. So, you know, again, I, I think that at the expense of sounding arrogant, right? But if you you've got to go to those places that have large populations that have expendable income that will spend the money and us is one of those places obviously i think you mentioned was it japan or china earlier china you said had the um the the sixes what was the name of that oh, hong, uh, kong sixes, hong kong sixes hong kong sixes all right um and yeah, places like like Hong Kong, like um, I mean, I'm trying to think of other places internationally. Because if you look at the World Baseball Classic, right? Uh, Netherlands, Japan, Korea. Korea is actually very big into sports, and Korea has some dominant athletes, man. So I wonder if Korea has a cricket team. But um, again, that would be a place that if they do play cricket. You want to, those, those fans will already, you know what I mean? 
used to rooting, used to going out there. That's just ingrained in the culture. So I, I don't know how to explain it because I also have met, you know, I've, I've traveled a lot and I've gone to places where sports aren't really ingrained into the culture. And if it's not, you're not going to see people dedicate hours of their life to watching games and to spending, you know, thousands of dollars a year to buy apparel and go to games and stuff like that. It's got to be ingrained into the culture already, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like um, if you're growing up with it and it's a part of the culture of your country or whatever, like here in Australia, cricket every summer, play cricket, it's ingraining you from a young age. So um, yeah, but it's important for the ICC to keep expanding and keep giving countries test status. Maybe the USA gave and. I did read a report that they said we want test status by 2030 or something. Yeah, that 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 that's that's uh, been the word. Nate from uh, USA Cricket talked about it, and you know he's not sure how much of a reality that is, but that's the that's the the hope, and they're hoping that with you know possibly obviously 2024 we got the T20 World Cup, and then of course the Olympics, hopefully. If cricket, you know, does make it into the Olympics, that'll give it enough steam that, okay, we'll put the money behind it and get the investors to, you know, and and, then what do you call it? The sponsors to push a, you know, and and get because, again, that's a problem. Tests just cost so much money to have those, you know, huge test matches and travel with the entire team. Like, I get it. You know, I, I understand why it's an expensive venture, you know. A test match can be played over what two months or whatever. You got to house those players for that amount of time. You got to feed those players for that amount of time. You travel. It's not a cheap thing. So I understand the logistics of it. Why it's so expensive? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and some cricket boards don't make money from it either. They lose money from test matches because no one watches them. Like, like the West Indies, for example. There's not, barely anyone there, uh, which is which is sad, really. You know. Because they had many crowds back in the day, you know. Um, they're losing. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody they goes through. If, 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 when you win, people follow. When you lose, they don't. It's just that simple. Yeah, it's just it's, the way it goes. Hardcore fans will go no matter what. But, you know, people want to have a good time and they enjoy when their teams win. When they lose, then you only got miserable people like you and I that are go there. You know what I mean? We're going to go yeah. and get mad that our team is losing even though we knew they were going to lose. But we're going to go and watch them. Or we're going to watch them on TV. But that's just, you know, how the, the what do you call it, the casual fan is. Hmm. Um, he also has the sports breakdown. Also, what do you think about Pakistan players not taking part in the IPL or not even having a bilateral series against India? As a neutral fan, I want to see an India versus Pakistan test match in the future. Yes. It's probably not going to happen for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> or if um, ever. Um, Listen, the, 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 the only thing that goes behind that, yeah. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. No, only in T20 World Cups or World Cups, you'll you'll see that. Yeah. And the match against India and Pakistan at the MCG for this T20 World Cups pack, so it's already sold out. You say it's already so, sold out. Well, I remember the one in Adelaide, the 2015 50-over World Cup that was played in Adelaide between the two countries. That was sold out like in minutes. It's the same as the T20 World Cup match. India and Pakistan, always a big rivalry. And um, it's a shame that we don't see them play test cricket anymore because of all that complicated stuff. But uh, hopefully we do, um, you know, we hope, but I don't see it happening in the very near future. They're working on it, but 
probably not going to happen, I'm afraid. Um, the sports breakdown also says, what do you think about the rule in T20 international cricket where if a team doesn't bowl the overs within a permitted time of the last five, one fielder has to be taken out of the 30-yard circle? So this is sort of like the uh, sort of the thing that they have in the 100 with the over rates. That's another yeah. thing that T20 cricket got from the 100. What do you think about that, Gabe? Sort of disadvantages the bowler a bit, having a fielder um, not outside the circle. Um, You know what? Pace of play. And that's what I'm thinking about. It's the same thing in baseball, right? And people hate it, but you have to understand it's got to be a quick game. You want to try to get it in that time frame of two, two and a half hours. Pace of play is a big thing. NFL does not struggle with it. Two hours average game. You know, even there are there games that may go into like overtime still are done within three hours, right? Uh, usually it's two hours and 15 minutes, something like two hours and 30 minutes. Uh, NBA game, if you ever watch an NBA game, again, four quarters goes quick, boom, even overtime games, you're done two, two and a half hours. You go to a, a baseball game, it's a marathon, man. You can have games go for literally seven, eight hours, you know what I mean? It's, it's insane. And then we're getting into ODI status, you know what I'm saying? So pace of play. All I got to say is pace of play, and that's – goes back to trying to make it fit into that television schedule so that you get, you know, uh, well, example, every time we watch BBL, KFC is a big sponsor, right? Mm, KFC yeah. wants those games, you know, and they want their advertising so that, you know, people go and buy that chicken and, you know, that's just real. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's advertising dollars, man. Advertising dollars. What do you think, you know, pays for these athletes, huge contracts and, you know, uh, it's it's it is what it is, man. I I, I know people are gonna say, Gabe, do you work for the the, the boards or whatever? No, I don't. But I know how the business works. I I know how the business works. You know how it operates. I know the how it operates, man. man. I know the background. Maybe uh, a cricket board should employ you, Gabe, and be a part of their Listen, marketing I, strategy. Oh man! Oh, don't I wish? Oh, don't I wish? <laughs> I'd fix um, the West Indies right up. Yeah. Maybe, you know, go over to West Indies and say, right, we need to do this and that. Get us back on top again to the glory days. Um, he also asked the sports breakdown, uh, who do you think will reach the semifinals of the T20 World Cup this year? Any predictions, any thoughts on unexpected teams reaching the semis? Yeah. Unexpected teams. Or do you think it will be the same as last year? That's a tough question because I my heart wants to say the West Indies, but what I've seen out of the West Indies just, if I'm being candid, it, you know, no. I just don't see the West Indies making it. Um, you know, again, I'm not really too confident that England, who obviously they didn't make it to the finals last year, but they started off the tournament. They were gangbusters, but they've just been – uh, the white ball team, both the, the ODI and T20 team, has been, you know, mediocre at best under this new regime. At best. And that's being kind, all right? So I feel like they're putting all their focus back into tests. You know what I mean? Owen Morgan talked about it when he had first took over that, you know, all the fo when he first took over as the captain for ODIs, you know, all the focus prior to that had just been on the test team. I think that's where it's going back to. 
You know, you see some guys playing on a test squad that normally would pay on the, you know, ODI team or even on the T20 team. And you don't see that right now. You see guys leaving the ODI team or leaving the T20 team. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I, it's probably going to be Australia and India or Australia. And I don't know what the brackets are, but uh, Pakistan has a shot simply because Pakistan, you know, has some great uh, bowling, but, uh, you know, then their bats are kind of suspect. So, you know, in a, in a, in a perfect world, we get, you know, my West Indies in there, but I don't see it, man. Uh, dream, dark guys. horse, dare to dream. A dark horse. I mean, you can't call New Zealand a dark horse because they got in. Um, what's a team that could? Let's be honest. Namibia is not. Sri Lanka. I was gonna say a Namibia is not gonna get in there. Let's no. be real. Let's maybe be real. a Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, maybe. Sort of unexpected. You never know. You know they, they've done pretty well in World well, Cup that- tournament. Come well on, in 2015, but I know that's 50 other World Cups. But South Africa, okay, there you go. South there Africa, you go. South, South Africa. Yeah, South Africa. I'm like, yeah. really to win the whole thing? What are you nuts? You know, that's not gonna you have happen. To win the whole thing, that but is. maybe to cause an upset or something, you know. Uh, I, I, I'm like, okay, uh, 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 no, but South Africa is a good one because they are playing some good T20 cricket at the moment. They won against England. That's what I'm saying. Like South Africa could be a dark horse, but if I'm being, if I'm thinking outside of. The normal outside of the top top teams, yeah. yeah. Maybe South Africa because they are playing some good cricket right now, and they've got. So if you had to choose right now, put you on the spot. I know it's a few months out; doesn't start until October, November. But who do you think is going to play in those semifinals, and who do you think is going to win the whole thing? So your four teams to the semifinals plus your winner: Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. And India in some, you know, obviously I don't know what brackets they are, but those are the teams I expect to be there. Just I know Eng- England fans are gonna be sorry. They just do. I, I, I see less and less emphasis. I see just like I, Ben Stokes left the ODI team. I'm gonna start seeing some guys also leave the T20 team as well. Again, England has these phases where they just focus on uh, on tests. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's happening. I'm not saying McCullum is telling his players. You, it's either the test squad or ODI or test squad. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but it seems like in the past they focus more on tests, and when they do, they forget about the other two formats. So, you know, again, my, I'd like to say my West Indies. I don't see it. I see, you know, yeah, Australia, New Zealand, India, and South Africa, and man. I'm going to be a homer, and, and I root for Australia, so maybe an Australia repeat, honestly, because it, I'm telling you, Australia has looked so good, and they're not it's, – it's their bowling. Like, their batting still, to your point, isn't up to snuff, you know what I mean? You've got a couple of guys – you know, again, Ozzy had like uh, – I forgot what he had the last time in, in the last match. It was a test match, actually. He had like 77, but – you know what I mean? Like, like David Warner is 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 getting older. Steve Smith is still inconsistent. If they could find any kind of inconsistency, you scoring. They got Marcus Stoinis as well when Glenn yeah, Maxwell and Matthew Wade. Yeah, but their um, bowling, their bowling attack is absolutely fierce, and they can bowl with anybody, man. Oh yeah, so. Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood, and you know, we'll... yeah. then um the last champions West Indies, what West Indies repeated right? So yeah, they won yes, it they won in 2012, 2016. 
2016. I'm calling it Australia repeat. Okay? You know, back-to-back champions, just like the West Indies did. They 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 got the strongest, and, and, and they got the pedigree of having just one being defending champs. Because if you get you're, you're defending champs, you get straight through, don't you? You get all the way to the automatically qualified to the. The next stage, Super 12. The next stage, right? The, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. 12, right? Oh, yeah. Australia's, yeah, Australia's definitely going to be there in the semifinals, and I think it makes it so much easier for them to get through. Mm. I think it could be the same as last year. Maybe probably Pakistan or England may probably, you know, have a, have a bad tournament maybe, but I think probably the same teams that featured last year, I think. Um, we'll see how it goes. Anyway, I hope Australia wins, goes back to back. But I'm already happy that they won the T20 World Cup already. Like, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take that trophy. But uh, we we, we got to repeat what we did in 2015, winning a home 50 over World Cup against New Zealand, which was a, a great final um, at the MCG. And that's where the final will be played for this T20 World Cup. I mean, New Zealand, people knock them, but think about it. New Zealand had a heck of a last year because they lost the ODI championship and what was that, 2019 to England. Then they won the, T- the, the World Test Championship against India. T20 in World Cup final last year. And then they oh, lost the T20 Australia. World Cup against Australia. But they were there. Like, that's a consistency. That's why I never knocked New Zealand. They were there. And they made it to all three formats of the championship. So that's why I said, how do I not put them in there? You know what I mean? They're definitely going to get to the semifinals. And although right now, if I had to pick somebody today, I think South Africa looks like the best team at. They look good. But it's a, like you said, it's a long way off. And, you know, guys get back into form. Guys fall out of form. Injuries happen. So who knows? But right now, South Africa looks scary, man. Scary. Oh, yeah. they Especially that series against England. You know, they just were able to come back and win that series 2-1. Um, unfortunately for England, a lot of questions to answer. It's not easy when, when there's a new captain and coach, especially with Butler and um, Matthew Mott now. So they've got a lot of work to do, England. But that happens. You know, they've been dominant for so long and one day in T20 cricket, you're going to have a patch where you're just going to drop off a bit. That, that happens. Um, he also says, uh, Gabe, he says, Thank you, Jack and Gabe, for answering my questions. It's a pleasure, Powan. I have to leave. By the way, Gabe, I'm Powan, and I've already subscribed, been following CFA YouTube channel for a long time, and I've subscribed to it. Hopefully we can meet again. Appreciate it, Powan. I've been on Powan's channel himself, uh, myself. Um, He's a great guy. Go check him out. Covers everything about Sri Lankan cricket, but also cricket in general. But uh, thanks, Powan, for joining us. Take care. We hope to see you soon. Um, we'll try and finish off these questions before we wrap up. There's a lot that people have answered here. Next question from Sports Bit is baseball concept overhyped? Um, yeah. to an extent, probably by the media. Um, yeah. it was actually a journalist who came up with the term. Um, so yes, it is probably overhyped. Um, well, that's what journalists and the media do, isn't it, Gabe? They overhype. They need a story. They need a story. They need a story. And um, I even think that McCullum mentioned that, you know, he didn't turn basketball, some journalists did it, no. you know, it's just a more aggressive style of play. We're not going to lay back and, you know, look to draw or look to, you know what I mean, not lose games. We're going to go out and try to win games. And I mean, that's the right mentality. But, you know, when you're basically watching guys try and play T20 cricket while they're playing tests, you're like, what is going on? 
and, you know, guys getting out on, you know, three or four deliveries and just say this. Yeah. Not working. Yeah. Um, Bendover says, Gabe, will you be doing India versus Pakistan Asia Cup match? I think he means streaming it, I think. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, Nick and I are looking to get back into the streaming game. Um, I'm actually leaving town next, next week, second. It's my son's first college football game, but, uh, on the second of September. So that's two weeks away. But, uh, yeah, we're looking to get some more streaming Then the first few weeks of school are always hectic for us. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll be streaming and back up on it by, uh, the time the series starts. Yep. Um, it starts actually, um, at the end of this month, 27th of of August, um, Asia cup. Um, Pulish Singh says, my question, do you see people, um, preferring leagues of international cricket? Where do we stand on that right now? Um, what do you think on that game? Yes, Do you think we prefer right leagues over international cricket at this stage? I think that the more casual fans do, right? Um, easier to follow. Simple as that. If I'm only following, let's say, the BBL or the IPL uh, or even the CPL, it's just easier to follow, and it's a shorter season than trying to follow, you know, think about it. You know, it's not, for example, the next World Cup isn't for three years. So you'd have to follow, you know, three years to know the standings, who's in, who's out, stuff like that. So it, it, it just bodes for the more casual fan. And the reality is nowadays people are so busy. I think the casual fans are, you know, really the the target audience because, you know, you always going to get the hardcore fans. Hardcore fans are going to be hardcore fans. They're going to find it even when it's not on TV or when it's not on mm, YouTube. Or they're yeah. going to find it where they watch their game. So I think that, uh, you know, the cricket boards and the ICC's job is to get those casual fans. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, the casual fans right now are more preferring international, I mean, uh, uh, leagues, domestic leagues over international cricket. The ICC has to figure out how, how to fix that. The balance, getting the balance right between the two. Because um, the IPL is expanding, um, like into June. It's like half the year already. You know, Really? They're going to the have end, more games? They're going to have more games, and they've had a bigger window. So it starts oh, wow. in late March to June, early June, something like that. Wow, I didn't realize that they were going to go um, that long. So they've added some more games. In the, um, when they announced the uh, schedule for the next four years. They said um, it's going to be um, – I got it in front of me here. Uh, yeah, uh, the middle of March right through to the start of June every year between next year up until 2027. Wow. And by probably after 2027, it may be a whole year league. I've heard some people talk about that. No way. No way. Well, they're thinking about that. It's the IPL. They can do whatever they want. But... I mean, yeah, they could do whatever they want. I, the reason and I they, say and no way – other T20 franchises as well. Have you heard about yeah, that? Yeah, they, they've got their own out here. They've got in their South own Africa, here. The UAE. Uh, yeah, yeah. Crazy. So, dude, they've got that dough. And I think they got the right formula. They realized what the IPL did that's so successful. And I think that what they've done is that they've turned cricket into a television product. And they've made it so that it's not just, 
the game, but the fanfare, right? Where you can get your casual fan in there. You can get the kids in there. You know, you even get the the non-sports people uh, excited about it because you've got, you know, celebrities like, uh, you know, SKR, uh, you know, attached to a team. And I remember watching videos where they've got music videos for the songs and stuff like that for the teams. I mean, the, and the NFL to a certain extent, NFL did the same thing. They had Monday Night Football. They had fans, I mean, bands come out, different songs, the Super Bowl halftime show. They got they, they understand that your selling is entertainment, all right? The sport's mm -hmm. the sport, you know what I mean? The sport's the sport. You're going to have those fans that are, loyal to the sport and will watch the sport now how do we get the people that are just looking for entertainment and not necessarily hardcore sports fan that's what the ipl has done well they're really good at selling that entertainment case in point man the auction the auction is one of the funnest things and not even any Amer not even no american sport even has it and it just changes the complete dynamic of going in there watching those owners and yeah. you know bid for players and you know watching people sweat and it, it was so much fun so i think that and they televised that and got huge hits on it you know what i mean so yeah well they started to do that um not like an auction but the bbl's doing a draft this um bbl uh, at the end of um the first odi between australia and zimbabwe they're going to be broadcasting that and yeah, yeah. Kind of uh, like the nfl draft i heard where they're not yeah, bidding yeah, yeah. off players but people are just drafting players. And even that's exciting. Yeah, the NFL draft also, you watch the NFL draft, man, thousands of people go to it, thousands. And, and you know, millions of people watch it. You know, who's my team going to get? Yeah, get, get the fans involved. You know, make it, once again, make it an entertainment. And once you understand that, you know what I mean? It's like Vince McMahon. Once you understand that it's about entertainment, not just actual sport, you know, you start selling it as entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, they fought well, Cricket Australia fought well, which is change it up a bit to get more of the um, international players in. And there's a lot of international players that have put their hand right. up for the for the draft. So we'll be streaming that on the uh, podcast, by the way, everyone. Uh, the timings for that are on our YouTube channel, so you can uh, see when we're streaming that. Um. So, yeah, be interesting. But I think it's the way of the future. I think we're going to see more and more leagues, unfortunately, and probably T20 cricket take over, which is hopefully doesn't happen, but it's looking like that by the day, given how many T20 internationals are being played in this next four-year cycle, right. given how many T20 leagues are popping up and the IPL expanding as well. It doesn't look good. I hope that's not the case, but... You know, it's money. T20 cricket brings in money, crowds. It's convenient. Yeah. As long as it doesn't mean to end the test, I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, that, that that could be under threat as well, Gabe, maybe. Because then players mm. will probably leave their country and probably don't play test cricket anymore. See, that that's what I'd be afraid of. But, uh, you know, I honestly... Shares the same force, I think. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to see that. But, but yeah. you know, if we lose some ODI games and if we lose some T20 games, so, so be it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. But not test but match. It's... Not test cricket. No, 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 no. Need me to matches, Daddy. I need them. <laughs> and a sports breakdown again. Uh, regarding on coaches, do you think that teams should try to have separate coaches for test cricket? In limited overs cricket, coaches who are specialized in that format, just like what England are doing. What are your thoughts on that guy? Because I think I had this discussion with Nick, I think when I was on the live stream with him 
few months ago, I think. I he don't asked me to like it. As well. I Do you don't like, like it? it? Do you like separate coaches? Do you want just the one coach because you think it's just I, different styles or different uh, sort of characters? Here's what I don't like. If you've got the same coach, then I believe the same coach is going to emphasize the importance of every format, right? But when you have separate coaches, let's be real, McCullum probably gets his pick of the letter what, what players he's going to be, be able to get to select for the test side. And test is going to take priority over the ODI uh, side. So that coach is kind of going to be left, you know, shorthanded. And we kind of saw it in this last series where there were players that did not make the short bus ride, you know, for the the India um, right after the test series, right? They could have made the short bus ride and instead they didn't. But yet India had some of those players that were in a test match. I actually played also in the, uh, was it in a T20 match? Or, oh, yeah, I can't remember which came from. It might have been the T20. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, what's going on here? How can India have some of the same players that played Test in this lineup, but England can't, and they're at home? That didn't make sense. So I could already see a conflict of interest, Jack, where, you know, you're going to have a, a preferential treatment given to Baz, and I, I can call them Baz. Baz Ball is what they call it. It's yeah. McCullum, Brendan McCullum. But I can see Brendan McCollum saying, no, um, you know, Barristow's playing test. That's it. You know, I mean, I got to I, I need to set him up or, you know, obviously Stewart and Jimmy only play test. But maybe another bowler that, uh, you know, may play for both sides and could be used on both sides. Like, nah, I think we're going to I mean, you already saw Stokes walk away from ODI. That hurts the ODI team. That hurts, you know, uh, um, their chances. So I, I don't like it. What are your thoughts? Um, I know that Australia doesn't do it. I think Andrew McDonald said one coach for three, but then you put on the workload and management of that individual, sort of like JL, you know, how he was intense and running all three formats, you know, right, that right. probably didn't help him in the end, being too tense with players and that. Um, I, Cricket is becoming specialised, I think, Gabe. Um, you have specialist test players, specialist ODI players, specialist T20 players. Yeah. And you probably have specialist coaches as well that can suit those particular formats. So I argument. think that's where we're going. Um, many people like the idea. England are experimenting with it because they, they, they were keen to do this, and they did have Brendan McCullum as coach of the test side I thought he was going to be coach of the ODI and T20 side, given how he's got that background yeah. um, in um, those formats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Like, he recently just coached in in the KKR. IPL, uh, KKR. So I was like, wait, it's not, why wouldn't he a uh, uh, coach? It, I just didn't make sense. Like it, it I, I understand, sense when, but they went with him with that with a test mentality because he's got right. a triple century in Test cricket. He right, right, right. He's got the fastest Test century oh, ever. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. He's got the pedigree. But he's also got the experience coaching yes. in the IPL, which is a T20 format. So why wouldn't they just hand the reins over to him? Or maybe he but didn't want it. I don't know. I don't know the answer. To that. No, I think they just wanted him to do the test side of things. And they got Matthew Mott, who was the women's coach for Australia and who led them to success. And he's a well-respected coach himself. He's got high credentials. Um, so they wanted him um, to do that. But I don't have any problems with that. 
look, it doesn't concern me because it's England. I don't care what they do because I hate England. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone hates England, <laughs> especially oh, okay. if it's the Ashes and I hope Australia beat them like we did last summer. But it could be a different story in England next year. Um, but that's their mentality. That's what they want to do. Um, other cricketing countries are not doing it, but I think we should see more of it because it's becoming more specialised, I think. Because you think about it, you have a specialist coach. They're just their thought process, their way of thinking is for that one particular format because they're exponents of it, whereas you have someone who's played all three, it's sort of all over the place. I see the merit to your argument. The only thing I'm, th I'm thinking to myself is, though, you're still going to come up with conflicts between coaches mm, yes. you know what I mean? and, and who gets, you know, priority. You know, sometimes you've got a test series, you know, and a uh, ODI series or a T20 series almost, you know, simultaneous, right? Or back to back. Who gets it? It's logistically, I think it could be a nightmare, but that's, you know. The next question from the, we're getting through them, Gabe. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people had a lot of questions, which is great. Um, how long have we been here? Three hours. We've played a long innings <laughs> today. Long innings. We're still batting. Uh, we're getting to the close of play. It's nearly like six hours. So close of a test match. <laughs> Get to stumps. Uh, Powell from the Sports Breakdown says, cricket is a worldwide sport. 108 nations play cricket, yes. Uh, full members and associate members. Are approved by the ICC. How the uh, did the Olympic I, officials? I, I think I, I wasn't swear it was a swear word or not because it's a family I program. Know. I wasn't sure. It, 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 that, that, that's allowed. That's allowed. Uh, okay. Olympic How the heck did the um, Olympics officials didn't include cricket way earlier compared to football, meaning soccer? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your thoughts on that, Gabe? Because soccer is more popular than cricket worldwide. Well, well, yes, come on. Soccer is the most popular sport in the world. I mean, bottom line, you know what I mean? And it's so funny. When soccer first got introduced here in, in America, uh, you know, Americans, you know, soccer wasn't big. You know, football was not big here. And it was like I, nobody understood the push behind it. But obviously people needed to realize, like, look, it is the most popular sport in the world. If So if you take the collective amount of nations that play soccer, you know what I mean? It's, the, you know, the, the, the biggest amount of people, I mean, the biggest amount of fans. So I, 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 that I understand, no question. I do understand why soccer went to the Olympics. Now, some of the other sports that they put in there. Like we mentioned earlier, like kickboxing, you know, flag yeah, football, boxing. which is, Flag football, yeah, which is I have played flag football in PE in school. It's like yeah. it's like gridiron, isn't it? But it's just flag. Yeah. It's just tags, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, yeah. I, I didn't see that. that you know break I mean? dancing doesn't yeah, make sense. When you said break dancing, I almost I laughed. Bro. I was like, <laughs> what? Well, that's what it said in the article. Who from the oh we're gosh. considering break dancing as one of the nine sports that's competing with cricket. Yeah, yeah, that's, that doesn't that's make sense, it. doesn't it? And motor racing, yeah. lacrosse, motor racing. That's that's. Now, I think you said motorbike racing, right? Or was it just motor No, it was racing? motor racing. I think it's like cars, I think. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, really I got it in front of me here. What do they say? Um, yeah, motorsport. Sorry, motorsport. Motorsports. So. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. No. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> it, it doesn't Get it right. Anything. Get it right. Even at the last Olympics, they had rock climbing, didn't they? Rock climbing. 
Yeah, they did have rock climbing. Yeah, I was they like, did. Oh, and then they had three on three basketball. I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, basketball has been in the Olympics for a while, but they had the three on three basketball. Um, I don't know why though, because they have had basketball in the Olympics. So why did they have the three on three? That's interesting. No, but but I think it would be good for cricket getting that out there because the Olympics is yeah. a global event every four years, but it Very hasn't been back since 1900. So I believe France won the gold medal in that game because France played really? cricket. No, they did. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're the they're the cricket uh, gold medal champions, <laughs> Olympic champions, I should say, in cricket. Oh my. The French. Oh, that's um, that's and they unacceptable. Come. That's unacceptable. But I think the women's team for Australia will probably win gold medal in the women's event if it does go to the Olympics. And for the men's, it's up for grabs, I suppose. But let's hope it is in the Olympics. So it will be good. As I said earlier, not sure for LA, but very confident for Brisbane in 2020, uh, 2032 because of the cricketing background. The, you know, the committee are from Australia. And they say, yeah, of course we're going to have cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need you, Gabe and Nick, to push it to go to that presentation and say, right, this is what we want USA cricket in the Olympics 2028. Get the USA team in there. Like I said, the other day, I was just happened to be flipping through ESPN while I was getting some work done. And it wasn't on ESPN, like uh, the, the plus or anything like that, just ESPN. And it was. I forgot what game they were streaming. And I'm like, you know, the IPL is on ESPN Plus. And, you know, I'm telling you, man, the, the right media people are, it was like the rundown, I think. They, yeah, it was the rundown, they call it, where they have like the best highlights of the day. And it was like a catch. I forgot who made it. But they're paying attention. They're paying attention. And the fact that the right people are paying attention and you got names like ESPN, who's huge in sports out here you can see within it that they're angling for it. So, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we will. Uh, the next question from Bender over here, he says, ODI cricket hate is beyond me. It used to be the mecca of cricket and have given the best memories to their fans, and it has the best trophy, which is the World Cup. It does. Um, it has that history because of what happened in the early days of the World Cup. Uh, right. with the West Indies winning the first two, then India winning out of nowhere in 83, and then Australia yeah. in 87, and then it was Pakistan in 92, Sri Lanka in 96, Australia 99, Australia 2003, Australia 2007, India 2011, Australia 2015, 2019 England, and 2023 in India. Let's see who wins. Um, those are all the World Cup winners, Gabe, from start to finish. Wow. Great memory. Uh, yeah. I just I just know that the first two were the West Indies. And then, of course, the, again, Nick and I watched the film 83 based on the the run that, uh, the, that again, West Indies were the favorite to win. Mm. And India comes in and, you know, beats the West Indies, which is, you know, unheard of. But it happened. And, yeah. And then, of course, the most recent was the 2019 when, controversially, uh, England sure. beats New Zealand. So those are the four that always stick out in my mind. Those are the four ODI championships I could uh, remember. And listen, there's no hate from me, Bend Over. I'll take it. You know what I mean? I, I, I enjoy it. I just think that it's going to be the format that suffers the most because it's a quote unquote, not a TV product. And there's so much cricket nowadays. Something is going to, is going to sacrifice. Maybe it's not though. Maybe it's just T20 cricket. That's going to take the hit. You know what I mean? 
Uh, I hope it is a test, but something will take a hit. So, but that's just something's gonna, maybe I'm wrong. Something's going to give, really. I think someone hey, said hey, that. Someone's, something's going to give. Otherwise, it's not sustainable and you can't have it keep going like that. Yes, I see it's been over. How quickly fans have forgotten how entertaining the 2015. Yes, I, I can contest for that. That was an exciting World Cup at, at home in Australia and 2019 World Cup was. You can't get that entertainment in T20 cricket. This is the thing. You ask people this question, Gabe. Would you rather watch an ODI or a T20 match? People will say, I'll watch an ODI match. Right. Most people right. say that because right. of that um, sort of thing with T20 cricket, that love hate relationship. It's a waste right. of time. Why do we have right. it? Right, you know? right, right. I told you. Um, I, I thought it was Ian Bishop, but no, you're right. It was Michael Holding. It was Michael Holding. He, he loves T20. I like that. That's a better word. He loves, he loves it. He loves it. Uh, I like saying it. He loves it. He I, absolutely. I, I, I think I, he uh, lashed out when he was commentating once. I think there's a clip on YouTube about it. When the West he, Indies were playing a match and some of the players were playing the IPL, he lashed out during a one-day match. So oh, wow. He, he doesn't hold back Michael Holding. He tells it how it is. I love you know, it. It's I sad that it. he's retired from commentary now. You know, he's He, he was a good commentator. That's so funny. One of the uh, four, four horsemen, of course, Fire in Babylon. Right. Jeez, you don't want to face Michael Holding. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's horrible. Mm. Um, he also says Bendover, um, ODI World Cup is by far the biggest trophy for cricketers and fans, and no T20s can take that away from us. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. Um, T20 World Cup, you have that as well, but yeah, that's the thing, really. It's it's, it's sort of that battle that we're having, isn't it, between the yeah. two. It's people's choice and preferences. I prefer all three. Most people don't. They prefer just two, and that's without T20 cricket. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what the future has in store for cricket, but uh, yeah. definitely ODIs, they still have a place, but I think we're just being reactive a bit because of what happened with Ben Stokes. That's just how I see it. Right. And... Um, Kushil says, Gabe, what's your thoughts about cricket going the soccer way and leagues taking over international cricket? You know, here's the thing. La Liga, right, is a Mexican league, right, where the, the, the Mexican players play. Um, my nephew, Savannah's nephew, uh, John Rakingo Jr., right out of high school, had a scholarship, full ride, to go play at UCLA. He decided to turn pro, and he actually went to play for the Tijuana Cholos, which is in La Liga. Then, of course, you've got the Premier League. Then, you know, you've got all these different leagues. But I think that it's done correctly because the, the those domestic leagues help, you know what I mean, produce just the best possible players for the international league, if that makes sense. And, you know, has it taken away from the World Cup? No, World Cup's still the biggest thing every four years. People, you know, flock to it. I was mad. I had a chance to go to the World Cup in Brazil. Tickets paid. All I had to do was get out there. I just couldn't get the time off of work. I'm so mad. It's, it's one of the mm. experiences of my life is I missed. My brother-in-law had tickets. And, you know, Savannah's brother, my uh, Mark's brother, played, you know, college football. And, again, our family's, you know, football or soccer royalty. They got a few pro players that have played in her family, through her grandfather. So, um, I think it's actually smart because this way you build the 
the the the fan base from the from the you know from the ground up, right? You've got your fan base rooting for their homegrown players, and then eventually those players will go to on the international stage, and then you follow them that way. I don't think you build it the other way around. You know, international players down to domestic. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. But hmm. that's just—that's my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that sounds good. Um, and with their game, <laughs> a long marathon. Oh. The last comment that uh, Powell from the Sports Breakdown said: "Great cricket discussion, Jack and Gabe. It's already two hours long, when it's now three. Actually, seems like cricket never dies in this channel. No, it doesn't, Powell. We we always yeah. talk about it's cricket. It never dies." Long live cricket. Long live, yeah. long live the, this glorious game. Absolutely. But I think that's just about done, Gabe. I, that's awesome. every everyone's questions. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, watching. We've had some people that have come and interacted with me and Gabe. Um, sorry about the start of the delay at the start because Gabe was uh, getting ready in that and I was as well, but uh, we got there in the end. But uh, Gabe, thanks for joining me as always. Um, where know. can people find you, Cricket for Americans? And Nick, yes. Boring CFA, Reviews, the final reaction. CFA, Boring Reviews, final reaction. Um, we're going to get back to, nor to uh, live streams pretty soon. Nick's always doing his thing. Uh, Cricket Tuesdays, every Tuesday. Never miss one of those. Um, yeah, check out the content. We have a lot of fun. Uh, guys, it's it's it's. It is. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to do another live stream. So uh, just look out for that live stream coming out. And then who knows? Maybe it might be an, in the Asia Cup, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, but thanks, everyone, for tuning in to uh, a live stream of the podcast. A reminder, we're going to be doing more live streams during the Australian summer. We're going to be streaming the ODI series between Australia and Zimbabwe and Australia and and New Zealand, um, and then obviously we'll be doing some more matches throughout the summer. Um, obviously, T20 World Cup as well. There's a big summer of cricket. You're going to catch that all on the podcast. I'm trying my best. I'm a one-man ship here. <laughs> we're, we're trying our best. As we discussed one earlier, man. is uh, there's a lot of cricket on, and I can't cover everything. Um, also, we're doing cricket roundups, where I've been recapping the cricketing news from the week. Um, I don't think there'll be a cricket roundup coming out this week, I think it will be coming out next week. Um, I'm busy with other stuff, obviously. Um, this this um, live stream today is taken out of me, so I probably won't record today's cricket roundup for everyone who's looking forward to that. That's going to be out every Sunday at 6 o'clock, wherever you are in the world. Um, make sure you click the bell and um, you don't miss out give on a, that. Give them a quick, quick, uh, a quick, quick uh, cricket roundup here at the end of this stream. Uh, South Africa, scary. And man, England sucks. Done. That's it. Nothing else to know. Done. <laughs> no, <laughs> All the really. news I need to know. <laughs> I think we've, I think we've pretty much covered uh, what I was going to say in the cricket roundup this yeah, week. Exactly. We talked about exactly. England, South Africa. We talked about this, right. the future tours program. We talked right. about the West Indies, New Zealand T uh, Twenty and ODI series. Right. So pretty much, I've done the cricket roundup today on this live stream, everyone. So I don't there need. You go. To do I don't need to record another episode. It's there already taken care of. And for me, I don't even have to edit the video. Doing a oh. live stream, you don't even have to edit it. It just comes out on YouTube. But uh, thanks, Dave, for joining today. It's been great no fun, as always, talking cricket with you. Um, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. We've gone for three hours and 26 minutes. That's the longest live stream I've done thus far. And 
Gabe's done longer live streams. I remember the IPL final, Gabe, you and me. We did it for five hours. <laughs> yeah, it was. We were it waiting was for the a, presentations, were we? We, we were waiting for the presentations. And like that I didn't said, happen. The IPL auction is probably, I can't wait to do another one, dude. And actually, I'm actually uh, excited to do the uh, the big bash, man. Let me know. Text me. Hopefully, I can try to fit it into my schedule. But I'd like to see the 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 draft because you know drafts are so much fun, mm-hmm. and the fortunes of just getting one or two players could make such a difference, man. One or two building your team, you know what I mean, and and you want this player, and then your team you know, pivots and, oh, no, why this guy? And how, ugh, I mean, I, definitely let me know because I know that uh, you were planning on live streaming it. I'd love to join you for a little while of it. And um, do you even know, how do the teams decide who gets the first pick? Is it like uh, a um, They've already done a lottery. So they pick the teams in their order. Yeah, so right. Melbourne Renegades are first and then so-and-so. I think the Adelaide okay. Strikers, which is my team, are in fifth. Right, so right, right, order right. of preference, and then I haven't how read into the, it. I've only seen it briefly, but that's how they've, I, they've done I was gonna it. Say, how about how about my, my Melbourne Stars? How about my Melbourne Stars? You know, yeah, they Ew. didn't have a great season last season. The, Ew, no, they well. um, Ew. But um, hopefully, they can win a title. They haven't won one. Ever. No, I know. <laughs> and the only reason I chose them the first year, Nick and I watched the BBLs because Uzi was on the team. You know, I love me some Uzi. That's it. That's my guy. No questions. Done. Melbourne no, Stars. You didn't play for the Stars. You played for the Sick, uh, the Thunder. Was he? Was he on the Thunder? I thought he, he plays, was on the. He played for the Thunder. Now he plays for the Brisbane Heat. Now for this season, they signed him. I thought he was with the with, with the Stars. Who was with the Stars then? Why did I choose oh, no. the um, Stars? Well, you think about Bravo. Dwayne Bravo played for them. For the Stars. Maybe it was Bravo. There's a reason I went with that team. But yeah, you, 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 you uh, listen. Ugh. Uh, it, it just depends. But, you know, here's the thing. Picking at the end sometimes, let's say, I personally never want to be in the middle of a draft. If it's a if it's a, a draft, you always want to be on the ends. You want to pick first or, or last. And the reason for that is because then you get to kind of dictate the way the draft goes, where if you pick last, right, you, let's say you get the 12th pick, or there's eight teams in the BBL, right? Let's say you get the eighth pick. So you're going to turn around and get the eighth, ninth pick. And then if you get the first pick, it's going to be a while before you get that next pick. But then if you get the first pick, you would get the what, the 18th pick. But then you get the first 18th and 19th. Boom, boom. So you get to kind of dictate your needs that way and get multiple picks. I love having multiple picks. I hate being in the middle where you're just like, when stuff's going around you, I'm like, no, that's the last old rounder left. No. And they're still like, you know. Yeah. Um, I've got it in front of me here. How it will work. It's basically an overseas draft. So, um, obviously, so um, basically it will be held on the August the 28th after the first one day between Australia and Zimbabwe. Okay. Um, So, basically, how it will work is that um, there are four rounds of the draft with one pick per club in each round. Clubs may elect to pass in certain rounds, but each club must pick two or three players in the draft. So round one, they've got like different tiers, like platinum only. Right. So one, exactly. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Rounds two to four will follow a snaking order. Eligible yeah. players categories for each round are round two, platinum or gold. Round three, gold or silver. Round four, silver or bronze. 
and I'll just keep going like a snake sort of yes. sort of thing. Sna- really. Yeah, serpentine or snake draft mm. as they call it. So that's why if you're at the ends, whether you're first or last, you get those multiple picks and you kind of dictate the draft that way. Yeah. And you... So so the order of the draft is that the lottery results. It's the Melbourne, Melbourne uh, sorry, I can't even say it. <laughs> no, let me rewind. Melbourne Renegades. It's a long stream, everyone. It's a long stream, a bit <laughs> long innings. Melbourne Renegades, number one. Your Melbourne Stars, Gabe. Yeah. Number two. Pick number two. Ooh, that's good because you're at the ends. So that means yeah. you get the second pick and then you Brisbane get the Heat, number three. Sydney okay. Sixers, number four. My okay. Adelaide Strikers, number five. Okay, middle. You, you don't want to get stuck in the middle. No, Perth Scorchers, number six. Sydney Funder, number seven. The Herbert Hurricanes, number eight. And then obviously it's the same. It's the same order in the um, reverse. Yeah. Yeah. So the first round, platinum only. Melbourne Renegades are in the front. Then round round two, you have the Melbourne Renegades again. And then round three, you have the Hobart Hurricanes. Whoa! Wait! 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 So in the first two rounds, the you first get two the rounds is the same order, but the oh, third round it flips. So the last team then, goes first, and the first team goes last. And the then last it becomes. Rounds. And then no, it becomes that, that's pick. only yeah. for round three, but for yeah. round four, it's back to the same order as it was in the first two rounds. Oh, that's brutal. That is brutal if you're a bottom that team. How, that. That's how they've done it. Is that how a normal draft works? Because I've no. never really got my head around the draft concept. Really. No, it's supposed to be if I get the first pick, it's a snake yeah. pick. So let's say I'm let's 12 teams. If I get the yeah. first pick, then technically I don't get my next pick, my second round pick, until the 24th pick. Because it's supposed to be one through team 12. Team 12, who's got the last pick? Arguably, since you got the last pick, you get the very next pick. So you get to pick twice before the tick that the pick, the team that got the number one pick, who obviously got the best player, gets to pick their second player. And then it goes back and forth as a snake order. You know what I mean? But yeah. this one, you're giving basically the top two teams in the Renegade, the, I mean, the Melbourne Renegades and Melbourne Stars, two picks. In the first round and in the second round, back to back, that's brutal. And then, that's bad. And then in the last round, it's the same order as it was for the first two in it round is. four. Whereas round three, it's reversed. It's the last two. So only so only round three does the last. Oh, that's that is that is not a good. Oh, but it's good something thing we exciting, didn't I suppose. Um, yeah. Oh, it'll um, still be exciting. It'll still be exciting for sure. But I'm just like that's a disadvantage to those teams at the bottom because you only get that one pick where you get the pick first, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, well, that's how, that's how they've done it. Um, and you're allowed one retention um, as well. You can retain players like in the IPL, you can retain players, whatever. Right. So I hope the Adelaide Strikers, it says, I'm reading cricket.com.au article here. It says, fear not Adelaide Strikers fans. Each club is entitled to one retention pick. <laughs> I hope they retain Rashid Khan because he plays with the Adelaide Strikers. Um, so that's going to be something big. So they say, if, if example, for example, if Rashid Khan is picked by a club before the strikers have selected in that round, the strikers will be able to retain him and the initial club will get to pick him again. However, if the strikers don't select Rashid with their pick, a club that is picking after them could not take him and the strikers would not be able to use their retention option. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it does. It makes all the sense yeah. in the world. Um, but, the, so, but the strikers are, but the strikers got the first pick, so they're going to keep what she's done. Yeah, they? hopefully, because uh, we it's need them. 
they're you know, insane. We got, we, we, we got Travis Head and we also got him. So um, they said how much uh, the overseas players will be paid. Uh, Cricket Australia said has not publicly confirmed the exact salary amounts, but each has been widely reported that platinum level selections will earn like 340000 Australian dollars for their BBL stint. Uh, with a portion of that to be paid by CA and bronze selections, the lowest salary band will earn a six-figure sum. So you still yeah, get that paid, paid a lot, but not as much as the IPL. You can't compete with that. Yeah, but just... a hundred, a hundred six figures is at least a hundred grand. A hundred mm. grand, and correct me if I'm wrong. BBL is two weeks shorter than the IPL. It's the same length as the current IPL. Really? Oh, really? It's the same game, same games, okay. but it doesn't have it two extra teams. It has eight, basically. Okay. So two less teams, but same duration and length. It goes from December to February, start of February. But if it's two less teams, it's less. It's not the same amount. Yeah, of yeah. Um, so it, it said, can Australian players enter the draft? Will there be a local draft for local players? No, it's just only for overseas. Um, so so hopefully, um. It will be a good, good thing, really. But they're sort of really keen on this, really. Um, yeah, uh, Kyron Pollard's entered the Name draft. Yeah. Why not, bro? If so he goes as a platinum level player, that's three hundred grand. Even if he goes as a bronze level player, a hundred grand. You think he don't need it? Everybody needs a hundred grand. What are you kidding me? Well, he's earned a lot of money from his IPO stints and that, has he? Yeah, and he no. could still use more. Listen. People don't understand. Just taxes take so much of that money, and then you got family and this and that. I guarantee you that uh, he could use a hundred grand. Mm. Um, and they also said, "Why don't they do it like an IPO auction?" Well, basically, it's a salary cap around one point nine million for each squad of eighteen players, with a portion of that to be capped and yeah. reserved for international players. So yeah, yeah. It, it's never gonna. You know, they, they also said this type of draft is also common in other franchise competitions like the 100 and the Pakistan Super League. So yeah. that'll be interesting to, to see what happens there with the draft. But um, hopefully, oh, yeah, Andre Russell. I think he's into Ooh, his name in the draft. Um, there's, a, there's a long list um, of players who are making them making themselves available for the draft. This BBL, but that's happening on the August August twenty eighth. We'll be live streaming that after we live stream the first innings of Australia and Zimbabwe. Everyone, the timings for that are already on our YouTube channel. Um, so get ready for that. Um, let's see what happens. Let's see who gets picked, retained, or or whatever. Um, but it seems interesting. So it's going to be an interesting sort of thing, really. Um, let's see if it. Makes the big bash different, or or um, makes it better. I don't know. But. Let's hope the Melbourne Stars makes the right pick so that they can win their first ever championship. Uh, <laughs> you know, if Rashid Khan is not retained, <laughs> I think he'll be retained by the Adelaide Strikers. I think Rashid Khan. He likes it's playing great. in Adelaide, so you know, I it's think they'll retain him. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Doesn't Nick go for the Sydney Sixers? Yeah, he likes to see this. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they didn't win last year. It was the Perth Scorchers, but um, they're probably yeah. the favourites to win again, uh, the Sydney Sixers. But that's going to happen in the near future. But uh, yeah. thanks for joining us, everyone. We've 
stream for three hours, um, which is longer than I expected, but we had so many questions. And Gabe's a veteran. He plays the long innings and, and all that <laughs> stuff. He streamed the IPL final for 10 hours. I mean, auction, I sorry. Auction for 10 hours. I did indeed. I did indeed. <laughs> but, uh, guys, stream, but, um, you know, the sun came up as you were doing it. <laughs> I remember I was like, oh, wow, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. But, anyway, uh, guys, uh, the final words are with you, my friend. Man, thanks for having me. So, so much fun talking cricket with you. Uh, you know, I think the thing about cricket is that there, whatever format you love, the IPL, the, you know, what's the T20 League, domestic leagues, the 100 we were talking about, just now BBL, or traditional formats like, of course, uh, uh, Test and ODI, um, there's always something for everybody. You know what I mean? So, guys, keep my girl Renell in the chat. What up, Renell? Renell, you know, how you going, Renell? Thanks, thanks, Renell, for your support. Keep tuning in, <laughs> keep tuning in, and keep supporting those teams. And you know, eventually, they'll get better. Hopefully, hopefully. Yes, um, it, it is a great game, cricket. But uh, thanks to everyone. <clears throat> my voice is gone, um, so that's an indication I should wrap up. But. Um, Obviously, my voice is gone. So, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, who's um, contributed in the chat, asking Gabe questions. You know, go check Nick and Gabe out. You know, I've been on their channel. I consider them to be friends. They support me in the channel tremendously. I thought, well, get that Gabe on because uh, Gabe hasn't been on the channel since uh, that interview we did a, a year ago. Go check that out. That was a fun chat that I did with Nick and Gabe a year ago. And uh, check out the other chats that we've done with... Mary Walden, uh, Daryl Harper, Tom Scully, um, who else? Graham Winter, the sports psychologist I had, Mark Boynes from Opening Up. We've interviewed a lot of people. Um, someone said to me um, in the comments of one of my episodes, they said, um, you got any other guests planned? Um, in terms of that, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. Um, let's see if we can get some players back on. But, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, a dream, I suppose. Yeah, why not? Why not, man? Shoot for the stars. You know what I'm saying? Shoot for the stars. If you fall short, at least you land on a move. So that's how yeah, I that's right. do it. Well, you, you don't know if you don't ask, I suppose. Exactly. But um, thanks, everyone, uh, commenting. Um, <clears throat> you know, everyone, uh, you know, Renell, thanks for dropping by. The Sports Breakdown, Powan, Bendover, Jihan, who commented earlier, Pulish. Um, who else? I think I've mentioned everyone. The sport, sports bit as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thunder Haze. Um, yeah. So, and Sadaf earlier, the direct hit as well. Thanks everyone for joining us. Um, stay tuned. We'll be doing some more live streams in the near future. Um, until then, um, make sure you like and share. A Facebook page, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Most of the podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts, as you can see along the bottom of your screen. So go and check us out there. Subscribe to our channel as well. We want to try and um, get the uh, the runs up, so to speak. Um, currently at 300. Um, Varun, thanks for watching. Um, thanks for dropping by as well. Appreciate it. Thanks for your support as well. Um, to everyone, once again, thanks. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Follow us on our social media platforms and that. Go check out Cricket for Americans, Boring Reviews, The Final Reaction. Nick and Gabe do tremendous stuff in terms of cricket, but also films as well, if you like that. 
um, their reviews are very um, insightful, as long as well as their cricket analysis as well. So um, uh, thanks again, everyone. Uh, Gabe, I leave it to you. The final words to sign us out, as always. Yeah, six runs. Bye, everyone.